Hello ladies and gents and welcome to season two, episode eight of the Home Seven UK podcast. I'm Alan, I'm here with my mate Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well now. Oh, you are, aren't you, eh? <laughs> what a good evening you've had. Yeah. I'll tell you what though, I'm claiming it because I brought the luck in when I got here. Mate, you turned up and then bosh, I was in. Yeah. I was in, mate. <laughs> so tell, give, go on, you set the scene well, today because I mate, always do the it. The sun's just gone down. We are on the beach at Seaford, my hometown. The moon's up in the sky, almost full in the sky, isn't it now? It's getting there. And uh, It must be nearly a year since we last recorded here when we were recording. I think and we about, were, we're about so. a week or two shy of that, yeah, for a year a year mm. ago when we last did it. And um, come down tonight because there's a nice late high tide. Um, it's just come up to high tide now. It's what, about half past nine, is it, I suppose? Uh, yes, about 20 past nine. Yeah. And the sea is like a mill pond, mate. It is just beautiful. You probably just about catch the uh, the sounds of the waves in the background there as, a, as the tide's coming in. On well, there's, a fella, there's actually a fella water skiing going past them. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, doing a little, a little jump. Done a little jump there. <laughs> Fantastic. So if you get that distant drone, that's what that is. Yeah. But the last, last few rays of light just coming across the downs yeah. out towards the south coast and it's just yeah. it's beautiful mate, isn't it? i'll be going in swimming again you do know that don't you well that's why i've had to stop fishing mate because you scared them all away now so <laughs> right i think you'll find that i will be bringing them in oh uh, well if that's like the a case good i've left it all set up so yeah we've come down people coming fishing, down this fella's coming down yeah. is he going swimming or is, i don't know what he's doing he looks like he's got i oh, know he's just coming for a beer is he oh. seagulls are hovering mate yeah so uh yeah so we come down a bit mackerel fishing thought we might try and catch a few and you got all right didn't you tonight yeah, that's just nice amount for me. Yeah. There have been times, I'm looking out, mate. Look at the white bait right in front of us. Look, look, just right in front I'm of us. Going, man. I would then, mate, yeah. yeah. The, um, when, where, when you're at the beach like this and the mackerel shoals have come in, I mean, it's not beyond reason to catch 100 mackerel, but, you know, there's something, there's something about just getting a few that you need and couple in the bait, a couple in the bait freezer and it, it just feels nice, you know, yep. not 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 needing to. I don't get me wrong. I probably wouldn't be saying that if I had a few. I've caught about full, full fifteen or something like that. Thirteen, I think you said. Thirteen. I've had a couple. So fifteen altogether. Yeah, so it's I, just nice. I, I think. I think for me, you know, it's nice to come and catch a few. Yeah. And uh, get them in the freezer. But I'll have a, you know, I'll have a look, 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 look. Back all there, look, mate. Look at them. Have to get in there. Go on, let, let's. Let's see. Pause the recording. Oh, ladies and gents, we are back. So it's been, well, I reckon... It's We've had a 48 hour, 48 hour gap, haven't we? We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't been on a 72 hour fishing bender, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but a lot's happened. I've had a good go, you know. Yeah, but there's been, I mean, it was hell of a night, Monday night. Yeah. There was a lot of incidents, wasn't there, there as was, well? Yeah. It was, yeah. There was a lot going on. Yeah. There was dodgy firelighting, treasure hunting. Yeah. There was all sorts oh, of hunting, treasure hunting. <laughs> Wasn't there, though? Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we obviously paused the recording there in a bit of a rush, and we thought we'd just pick up where we left off, because we, we'd intended when we were recording to come back to it, but it got a bit incident-filled, didn't it? And a bit too busy, and uh, it got late, didn't it? When, it was, it was, it, when we were sitting there, as you were saying, that it was, it was proper dusk. Yeah. And then, I mean, for that next half an hour... We doubled what we had caught nearly, yeah, didn't we? We did, yeah. And you caught, and a fellow we were with caught, and yeah. I got a few more, and we couldn't we couldn't get the hooks in fast enough into no. the water. There was three rods, and we were going, but we had a few technical issues, didn't we, with yeah. the, with the rods and stuff. So we, you know, but 
we all went home happy and I certainly went home very happy, yeah. but it was just mad, wasn't it? Well, it was crazy. It was, it was too good to pass up as well. And I mean, you're literally just pulling out, you've got five books in the water, pulling out five mackerel. Yeah, you know, it was just, just, it was lovely. And, yeah. and, to, and to actually watch the different, you know, fish on the beach as well, you know, the white bait coming in and mm. then the mackerel. And then I saw a bass on, on Monday, just mm. lit. I've never seen one do Thinking back, the only fish I've ever seen do that is, is something called a garfish. Have you okay. ever seen a garfish? Yeah, I've, seen garfish yeah. I've seen garfish do that, but they come right yeah. out of the water. Yeah. But it didn't look like garfish, it looked like a bass jump, and it jumped clean out of the water. I remember, I remember as a kid, we used to go down the pond and they had carp in the pond, and the carp would do that. Yeah, it's amazing to see. Yeah, just literally leaping right out of the water. Yeah, so it was just a really lovely evening, wasn't it? And it really was. lots happened. And yeah. I think it's something that we don't often talk about, but when you are into self-sufficiency or prepping or getting out. I mean, most people on a Monday night are not doing something like that. It's amazing the little things that just happen, don't they? Yeah. And it's those little things that stick with you and just little experiences. And, you know, it's all very well getting a good store and stock of shop bought stuff in, but when you go out and you actually try and get experience of doing things in your locality, it's, a, it's just... It's just an inevitable thing that you have experiences as well. well what I like about it is obviously we I started doing it in earnest last year, and this year I feel a bit more nut. Yeah. I said to you Monday night's going to be a good night. Yeah. And it was, wasn't it? It's probably the best night. Certainly the best night I've seen doing it. Yeah. And it was just about then knowing. We the nearly went Friday, didn't we? I wanted to go Friday, but we couldn't. We couldn't go Friday. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you were busy. And my I'm date night. My date night. But but ten o'clock high because it's. You know, mid summer. Yeah. It was still live. Yeah. It stayed over. It, it was a tropical night on Monday. Did you know that? Was it? Yeah. And the definition of a tropical night is that when it does not drop under twenty degrees. Oh, I do know that. Didn't know that's what the definition was, but I knew it was hot. So it was twenty yeah. degrees all night. Yeah. So we literally could have slept on the beach, couldn't we? Well, we said it when we were there. Yeah. We? Yeah. Like, I'm literally, I'm like, if I go home to bed, I'm gonna be too hot. I'm just gonna stay here and go to sleep. But it was lovely though. Oh, it was amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. If I'd have had an air bit, I reckon that'd have been. I'm not even sure you'd have needed that. I reckon no. just the. Maybe we'll do that next year. All right, I'm up for that. A Friday night, yeah, well in advance, yeah, and we'll sleep out, go yeah. all through the night, get, and then on the way back, well, obviously we'll probably have to bring a cool box if we catch. Yeah, we'll have a dirty greasy spoon somewhere, or have it on the beach. Yeah, all right. You can cook my my, my scallops the night yeah. before, right. and then on the way, and then we'll have a big old fry, and, right. and then we'll go home and go to bed. All right, <laughs> not together. No, well, all right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we worried there for a second, but okay, that sounds good. But we'll have slept on the beach, won't we? Yeah. But 20 degree, I like that. That'd no, be lovely. Well, we'll look out for that for next time, anyway. So, yeah, so good night fishing, though, wasn't it? I mean, incredible. Port the mackerel in, had a really nice time. And uh, what was what I really enjoyed was that, that actually my mum invited, invited us around to their place last night. She meets the girls up from school on Tuesday. So she invited us around there, and um, we went around for dinner, and she's like, oh, we're going to barbecue. And I oh, said, bosh. right, I'm going to bring the mackerel. So I took the mackerel and I chucked it on the barbecue and we shared it with my mum and dad. Lovely, lovely. They really, really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, my missus and my kids had mackerel yesterday and they loved it. You know, yeah. and one of my girls has never had it before and she thought it was oh, great. So yeah. it was nice to see them eating that. And as as I was saying, you know, I think I went home with I don't know twenty, maybe a few you probably more. Did, yeah, about that. About maybe 20. a few more. About twenty. And I gave some to the mother-in-law yeah. and then what it will mean now and this is just you know to go see fishing doesn't cost any money if you've mm -hmm. got the kit yeah and now i've got the bait because the bait's actually yeah. the expensive bit and so just to be able to use your own mackerel for fishing in the winter 
save so much money. Mm. And so I'm really pleased about that. And you don't need many because one mackerel will do me in, a, in a, of an evening fishing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I went again last night and picked up another two. Yeah. Only down there for 45 minutes. Yeah, that's all you need. But it? it wasn't nearly as lively as it had been the night before. But the high tide was an hour later. Yeah, and it would have been o'clock. It was too dark. And yeah. so I need to go into bed and whatever. Um, so it was a bit too late for me to be down there. Um, but I, even despite that, we've got another couple. And the, the ones that we cooked yesterday, no waste, because the cats ate the heads. Mm. All there was with the bones and the tail left. That's everything else got eaten, you know. Mm. Uh, and even on Monday night, the white bait that was getting washed up on the shore, I was picking it up as well, wasn't I? Oh, yeah, yeah. I took that and fed it to the cats. Yeah, I bet they loved it. They loved it. it. It was great. So that was just laying on the beach, you know, they'd been washed on the shore. Yeah. Well, my brother's eating those when we were there once, that same place. And there was, I mean, way more getting thrown up. Yeah. And they, my mum and my dad were there, and my brother and my yeah. little boy, and they picked up loads, and we brought them home and dusted them and yeah. deep fried them, and they, they thought they were fantastic. I mean, when I say white bait, though, most people, when I say white bait, mean like your little finger, don't they? These yeah. white bait were tiny. Were they? Yeah, they were really tiny, like maybe an inch long, right? Really small. So they weren't they weren't big enough really to make it worth cooking mm -hmm. for us. I'll just give them to the cats. White, white bait sandwich, sandwich, mate. Just get a big old handful. Oh, no, no, no. We've been in their ages picking them up on the beach, like with a load of tartar sauce. Yeah, and a bit of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah. I just I just would have been there ages picking each one out of the stones. Why oh, you bring your kids down the beach, Alan? Yeah. <laughs> so pretend that they're, they're going, we're going to put them back in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, put up this bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you try and rescue them right, yeah. through their phone. That was a really nice thing to do. It's something that I said at the beginning of the year I would have really wanted to do more often. Again, because of going out Monday and yeah. tired and everything, I went last night, which is really nice. And I will look to go again in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we're already planning to go back out with a group of us, not And I, I've been fishing in the morning for a very long time. All right. But it would be a good thing to try one day. Wow. And I've got no problem coming down early one morning. Yeah. It's nice and like four or five o'clock when it's light. It's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. I have to stay up, mate. There's no way I'm getting up at that time. Yeah, no, just go to bed early. <laughs> it's not down there at five o'clock. It's lovely. lovely. Mm. Absolutely lovely. I'll tell you what, there won't be anyone on the beach then. No, I bet you there won't be, no. So, no. But no, really good. So so that was Monday night. And apologies then for, we'd have, we'd have liked to have got this done on Monday night and then got it out, but I then went and lost my wedding ring on the beach. So that went well, didn't it? Mate. <laughs> You're an extreme wedding ring loser. Oh, am I? Yeah, you are. It's always been a bit loose. <laughs> yeah, mate, you need to either eat more pie, yeah. or get it resized, yeah. or wrap something round it, yeah. like I had to do. <laughs> but, uh, but we found it, and that we was found amazing. It that was the main thing, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I can't believe it. We found it. Yeah, so we spent a little bit of time doing that, and then, yeah, got a bit late. So, so we're back, and we're just going to spend a bit of time just catching we up. We also had a rubbish barbecue. Oh, mate, I yeah. I learned, I learned a bit there. We, had a, we just had a disposable and we were doing, well, I wasn't in the place to take over. A friend who was with us was having fun, wasn't he? He was. He was, burning every, trying any, to light any, anything that was flammable, no demand. <laughs> and we did, we did though, successfully cook venison. We did, we did, despite not having a fire. Nine hours of smoke, we smoked really, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Mike bought a really old disposable barbecue that had been hanging around for far too long. And it was actually quite small as well. It was wasn't it? really small, not much fuel in it some, for some reason. Yeah. And so we got it lit and going and... Probably for Poundland, I'd say. It wasn't going very well, it wasn't kicking out much really? heat. And we shouldn't, we didn't, we didn't get on it quick enough, we were too no, busy mucking about it. should have lit, lit, lit when we did. Yeah. Anyway, so... Bucket barbecue next time, yeah. bring your own firewood. Yeah. But we did have a venison steak wrap. Oh, 
It's good. It was alright. Bit of garlic mayo and a bit of shrubbery. I'll tell you what though, mate. I wasn't used to the actual amount of exercise um, mackerel in is, because normal fishing, normal fishing, just chuck it in and wait, didn't you? But like the next day, my old shoulders, mate. I'll tell you. I mate, you're a professional gardener. How are you chatting? Well, it's that, it's that motion, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you not have a bit of acarsh? Mate, I am toned. I'm like an Adonis. <laughs> Donna, you're a Donna. Madonna. Like Madonna could bad bun. I could have said Donna, couldn't I? I suppose. Yeah. Toned. No. Toned dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, no. So no, I didn't. I didn't have too much problem. No, no, I, was, I, I knew I'd been up that day. Maybe it was that. Maybe you it was all the fish, hard, mate. Maybe it was all the hard work. Yeah, well, I was pulling yes. them out. That it was. It was all the. All the. Yeah. yeah it was all dra the dragging kilos of yeah. mackerel up the shingle. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No, I didn't get to cast out much because I broke my reel, didn't I? Yeah, you did. But maybe we could talk a little bit about kit because. Yeah. I, I think more than more than a lot of hobbies, fishing is like. I mean, you could spend millions, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I was looking at reels, right? Because obviously, my, my I broke the handle bit of the reel. Yeah, and I was it's probably fixable, fix it. Yeah, it can be fixed and everything else. And I'll, you know, I'll get around to it at some point. But I just wanted to have one that was reliable because one of the things that really frustrated me on Monday was that the reel broke, and that meant I couldn't fish. And when the fish were in, I was then trying yeah. to fix my reel. Yeah, so I missed out on the opportunity. So, like, I'm not having that happen again. No. So. When I started looking for reels, mm. and I, I like, oh, what's the best budget reel, right? Mm. Put it in Google, don't you? Yeah. Best, best quality budget reel, best value, whatever. £160. Yeah. That's I was like, no, I ain't paying that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So you could spend fortunes, basically. I managed to find one for 20 quid in the end. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've always used cheaper things, as you know. And, mm. But you know the one that you that broke. I mean, I can fix it. Or you can fix it, and then do you have that as your spare? Don't you? Well, that's it. That's it. And I bought. What I actually then did was I managed to find on Facebook Marketplace um, some guy that was selling new boxed reels, um, but the size up, a couple of sizes up from what I've been using. So you've bought. So yeah. I bought one of those, and that was only twelve quid. So that's really good value. Yeah. So I've now got the spinning reel. Yeah. And you've got a big so I've got, I've got 5,000, a 6,000, and a 7,000 when I finish okay. if I get the little one fixed. So yeah. I've got a choice then, which one's the best. Which so, one. just so people are aware, you know, because we're going off at a bit of a tangent, a lot yeah. of people do live near the coast, don't they? Well, and, so, and there are probably far better anglers out there than us. But what we're talking Guaranteed. about is fishing from the shoreline. And it's, there, are two, there are two main types that I do and that we, we will do. And one is spinning which is what feathering for mackerel is really, mm -hmm. isn't it? Where you cast and retrieve, and you don't have bait on the hooks, you have little lures, look like yep. little silver bits of paper or white feathers. And that's a constant thing. You cast out and pull it in, you cast out and pull it in, so there's no static waiting around. And what you're trying to do is to mimic the little fish that are in a shoal, and the mackerel, because they're in such a big shoal where there's such competition, they just grab anything that's in there. Mm. Or even bear hooks, probably. Mm. Um, and so that is that's a little bit more like hunting. I've always felt, mm. you know, because you, you're you're trying to locate the prey and then lure it and then get them to bite and then bring them in. Um, so that's one type of fishing. And what's really nice about feathering, I think, as well, is you don't actually have to cast very far. I mean, by the end of it, those mackerel were within twenty yards of the shoreline, yeah. weren't they? So if you can cast twenty yards, you can catch something, yeah. can't you? Yeah. And that's not uncommon. Um, the other type of fishing that we will do, where you need a, a bit of a bigger setup, a bigger reel, 
and certainly a 12 foot rod is beach casting where you're putting out a static bait so it's like ledgering if you know what that is which is the weight going to the seabed mm. with a hook with a bait and it sits there until something comes along and finds it we tend to do that more in the winter we do that more for white fish like whiting codling flounders you can do bass with that you can do bass with both but mm. um, obviously different times of the year there are different species to catch and there is something all year which is nice yeah so um, every different every area has got different fish available and depends what the kind of conditions are but it's incredible to thing to do and I, I have to say I love it as much in the January when it's blowing a gale as long as I can get my hooks out and get them into the water mm. you know it's a different experience but I, I still find it you know brilliant absolutely fantastic and I do tend to prefer to go at night I think certainly seafood fish is better at night. Mm. All that sort of information you can find out there, can't you? So I'm going on holiday down to Cornwall again as I often do in the summer. I'm going in a couple of weeks and go away yeah. again. And um, we're going to go down to a different beach, the one mm. I went to last year. Mm. So I've been looking up online. Yeah, what's around? So, so I just Googled it up and uh, there's like several different places that you can yeah. find some basic information yeah. about the sorts of species you might like to be able to target there. Um, and then probably what I'll do when I get down there is go into the local tackle, tackle shop, shop local. and I'll be like, right, you know, what, what do I do? Where, where's the best place to go? Yeah, and, and on that, and on that, that is how I learned fishing because I never yeah. fished as a kid or anything like that. It wasn't until I worked where you live yeah. and I literally took a group of students there into a shop yeah. and I said, these lads want to, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. And it was literally like that. Wow, yeah. And um, I didn't have a clue what I was no. doing, but the tackle shop guy was great and... I think I think you could get set up for certainly for mackling. I think you could get set up for about thirty five quid new, yep. right? But I mean they're all over Facebook, aren't they? And certainly the boot fair here because we yeah. live near the coast. Yeah, there's always reels. And my best reel that I've caught more mackerel than anything was a pound. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pound. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a cheap rod. Yeah, it's a flattened plastic. It's a ten foot rod, which yeah. is perfect for mackerel in my opinion. Not very flexible, 10 foot, and it's just got a small, it's had different reels on it, but that has caught more mackerel on it than, well, once I've got one, I paid for it, hadn't I? Was it? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. yeah. So it. I've got that, and then the longer 13 foot beach cast, a much yeah. bigger rod, but, and then, and then you do need a stand. Yeah. But it, it's not, it isn't that expensive to get into, which is something that if, if people can have access to the sea, then it is something that they, they could um, they could explore if they're interested in, maybe? Well, I think I was interested. Monday night there weren't many people down there. Last night there was quite a few more people down there. Right, okay. And, and there were families down there fishing as well, you know. And, and I, you know, look, looking down the beach, and obviously we've spoken recently, and we'll go on hopefully later on to speak a bit more about, you know, the financial situation and where people might mm. find themselves and things they can do to help themselves. That's one of the things you can do to help yourself. Especially if you can pick up a really cheap or second-hand or yeah. even free set of setup. I mean, I bought... I think it was five or six sets of feathers for six quid. Mm -hmm. right? And then all you need is some sort of a weight and a reel with some line on it. And yeah. they'll come with line on them yeah. and a rod. Yeah, I mean... You started, aren't you? Yeah, and it's it's not... You know, I've seen people go to the beach, get a stone and drill a hole in it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or find a stone with a hole yeah. in it. It's probably not that heavy. Mm -hmm. um, people used to use spark plugs and things like that, but um, I don't think they're the greatest thing to leave at the bottom of the sea no. anymore, you know. But... You know, leads are about a quid each, yeah. aren't they? Sea leads, and if you look after them and you do learn your knots and stuff, it isn't. It's not. You don't lose that many. No. 
don't lose that many. If you look off, so the cheapest way to do the tackle is to make your own. Right. Uh, rig tying, and I actually okay. quite like rig tying. It's quite a nice yeah. hobby. So you know, for the six pound that you're talking about, you can probably buy a hundred hooks. You'd have to okay. probably buy, you know, the feathers and the and then do yeah. yourself. Or you can make them out of your own chicken, white chicken feathers, yeah, which would be great, wouldn't it? Can you imagine making your own rig out of your own chicken feathers and catching on that? That'd be yeah, great, wouldn't it? That's too short. Uh, I see why people might appeal. They might appeal to people. Yeah. For the sake of yeah, a pound of rig, I can I, I can swallow that cost. But you know, if you're in a position where you're not feeling like you can, that's an option, isn't it? Well, I've made rigs before using crisp packets. The oh, yeah, inside, work, it? the yeah. inside, because yeah. they're silver, and then you get a bit of colour on the outside, mm. and you just you know. Two or three hooks on a rig, yeah, and then whip those on with a little bit that of light, really light line. They do work really well. Yeah, that's what they are. That's exactly what. Basically, what we've been using. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes, even if you, um, you know, sometimes when you buy a set of hooks, sometimes after about you know three or four goes, the actual feathers come off. Yeah. So then you could just at least you might get another couple of goes out of them. Whip, whip, whip your own bits of yeah. tin foil on or whatever yeah. you and stuff yeah. like that. Um, anything works really, but. Um, It'd be good to hear about other people's experiences because there might be people out there who go trout fishing or there might be people who, yeah. who go freshwater fishing but eat from it. Mm. You know, you've got a bit of experience doing some cray fishing, haven't you? Yeah. I've never yeah. done anything I've done, like I've that. I remember to mention before my dad bringing home a pike one night from the, the local river <laughs> yeah, and cooking yeah. it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, where I grew up, I mean, literally, you could yeah. almost throw a tennis ball from yeah. my back garden to Into the river. river yeah. So it was like downhill and then there was the river. So we, we had fishing rights on that little stretch with the farm and everything else we did a lot of course fishing yeah and then we were members of the local whatever so we did a lot of carp fishing down at the pond and, that. and of course in, in in the uk we don't eat carp and obviously i think i don't even know what the local bylaws are but on the continent it's an extraordinarily popular fish yeah. isn't it carp yeah. um and so the possibilities for eating different types of fish yeah. are are there for yeah. people aren't yeah. they um eels and all sorts of things yeah. people have eaten over the years I'm not sure eels these days they're protected aren't they but, um, are they? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know a lot about with... I've never been course fishing yeah. so I can't tell you anything yeah, about big, it big problems with eel populations because of um, habitat destruction and stuff but, but I'm sure you know check your local rules and check your if obviously if you're going to go course fishing you do need a, a rod license which is another expense yeah as a kid they used to be free I think you just had to register yeah, I, I don't know what the rules are now. No, I've done it for years. I, I've kind of lost the. And you have to have permissions and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Whereas the coast, again, so, you don't need yeah. a rod license. Mm-hmm. You don't need a permission unless a private beach. So, yeah. coast is the way forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you can eat most of the fish you catch, which is great. Um, so moving on then, what 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 else have you been up to, mate? Um, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a little while since you've been. It's been a little while. I've been obviously growing. Everything is. Come on, in the polytunnel uh, at the farm, there's a lot of things ready now. We were yeah. eating everything and it's starting to really come in abundance. The beans are just starting to really ramp up. Mm. Courgettes are ramping up. Mm. Um, I've, had, I've had a million cucumbers, mate. And uh, some of them have been quite bitter, so I'm oh. trying to explore that. I think some of that's my fault for growing an old-fashioned variety. Yeah. Should have gone with the all-female. I'll be doing that next year, mm-hmm. so I've learned about that. A lot of tomatoes been side-shooting tomatoes and tying them up. Mm-hmm. I've been eating cherry tomatoes. They've, they've, they've come mm-hmm. both at home and at the farm. Nice. So in my little plastic poly, yeah. poly powerhouse, I've been getting some. Never been this year, then. More courgettes don't make than you could shake a stick at. Yeah. Millions of them. Millions of them. But I'm really enjoying them at the moment. Um, the potatoes have been fantastic, both in and out, they're all ready. Mm. Um, but, like everyone else in the UK, we are really struggling with the heat, aren't we? 
I mean, we are all we. We are all really. I mean, it's not rained for two weeks now. No. Not properly. No. And hardly um, rained much for a month before they. No. And now we've probably got another 10 days, they reckon, yeah. before we're going to get some. Well, mate, I can tell you when it's going to happen because I'm breaking up for a school holiday. <laughs> Summer holiday's coming up, 21st of July, mate. That's going to be. We're downpour, yeah? For guaranteed. The 22nd of July is going to be like with autumn storms coming through, yeah, mate. It's fine. Right, well, we'll see. But, but it has been quite a big thing for people and has brought up a lot of different um, kind of questions about water storage and. Have you got downpipe um, water butts and things like that? I can get to three weeks without any water using my own water that's in the um, water butts, but they will last about three or four weeks. And then once they run out, I either have to fill them up with the tap water or wait and see what happens. I'll tell you what, did you see a local news tonight? No. I was watching the local news mm. tonight with my wife. Yeah, had our dinner in front of the telly tonight because the kids were out. It's nice. Nice, right? yeah. So sat and watched the news. Had our dinner. Watching the news and on the Isle of Sheppey, which is not very far away from here, yeah, they've got a water main burst. Oh right, yeah, right. And so everyone's getting the water. They're all coming, bringing in bottles of water, and everything else. Right, nightmare. Kind okay. Of. And there's this lady on there. Well, this has happened before, so I want to know what they're doing about it. Mm. And my wife looks at me and went, "What? It's happened before. What are you doing? What about are you? Why aren't you doing something about it?" And it's just, <laughs> it's like, just that mindset shift, isn't it? Like. It's happened before. Be prepared. So Get yourself. Anyway, safe. sorry. That's just a little side tip. Just reminded me. It's mad. But yeah, we are we are having a bit of a heat wave here, and I know that across the continent it's been particularly bad. And whether that's global warming or conditions or just you know the weather this year, but it does seem to be more and more noticeable that we do have these extended periods without any water. And if you are trying to keep your allotment in particular going, that can be tricky, can't it? It can be. I mean, for me, I, I did go and splash a little bit of water on the way tonight um, on the things that I plant because I've, I've been doing a lot of planting out because I'm really struggling to keep up at the minute, but mm. I'll come to that in a sec. So I went up to a bit of water in, and actually, what I noticed was it wasn't as bad as I thought it would right. be yet. Yeah. Um, and part of that, I think, is because I've gone over to the, the no dig. Yeah. Part of that is I've got some really quite deep raised beds that I've been piling up on. Okay. Uh, and also, part of it is that I've done a bit of mulching with. The, the old sheep's wool and, and, sheep's that, yeah. and that sort of thing. The one thing that was showing a bit of signs of stress were the peas, the, the sugar snap peas. Um, but the ones that were struggling the worst were the oldest ones that were going over already anyway. Fair enough. So, so far, the things I've got in are doing all right. But remember that I tend to grow warm weather crops. Yeah. So I tend to prefer the tomatoes, the cucumbers, the beans, the sweet yeah. corn that don't mind the heat. Yeah, the lettuce so, has been bad. And the, yeah, I've not, I haven't got... I told you last time I've hardly grown a single yeah, lettuce leaf this year. Yeah. Been ridiculous. Um, so I've been but because of, because I'm there all the time, I can keep my things quite hydrated. But yeah. I mean there are there's lettuce in the tunnel. Maybe. And that must be forty degrees nearly yeah. there today, I'd say. Yeah. No, no, not not forty degrees. Thirty, good thirty five. Yeah. Thirty, thirty five. But just keep them hydrated and got the sides up and they seem alright. Some of the ones which were in, in March, so mm. they were sown. 10th of March, yeah. they're just coming to an end. That Lola Rosso has wow. been in there that long. And it's fine, it's just yeah. sending up, it's just bolting. Yeah. So anyway, there's more coming and obviously, I've had some trouble with germination because it's so hot, so I've had to germinate them all outside. Yeah. Uh, but even then, it's, it's roasting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, it doesn't matter where you are, it's just hot, unless you can get some shade, even then it's still hot. Yeah. The thing about that, you know, when we talk about UK heat, it's it's, Going to get probably by Tuesday to about mid to high 30s, isn't it? That's what they're saying, isn't it? For here, it's really hot, but as much as anything else for me, it's been the humidity, mm. which I don't know what it is, but it's got to be 
well up there in, in terms of humidity. No, uh, today was worse, but yeah. I mean, hopefully we won't get the blight. We haven't. It's been it's pretty too hot stuff. for the blight. Surely, yeah, it has. surely it's not wet enough. I've done very. I've been lucky with the spuds because yeah. even if I cut them all now, I've got a whole yeah. year's crop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, more than half. Those salad spuds are about like jay potatoes, though, Charlotte. So I should have got <laughs> should have gotten out about a month ago. They're enormous. Well, but like I said, I was struggling to keep up with with. There have been a few family events going on in June and July, um, so some of my weekend time has been a bit sort of spent yeah. doing that, which is you know it's great. I've had a lovely time, but then I've been trying to squeeze in the allotment around that, and yeah. I've also spent a lot of the time that I've had going fishing or yeah, looking after the bees. Yeah, been the other thing I was taking a lot more time. Yeah, we've done a bit of that, haven't we? And then you know. Don't underestimate how long it takes to process the crops that you bring in. Tell you me know, about it, bro. Twelve well, kilos of strawberries in three weeks. Yeah. You jammed you them. You jammed them. I did one lot jam. <laughs> oh, I know it's lovely. You gave me some. Did one lot jam, and then I did um, sorbet. Mm-hmm. And I did fruit leather, mm. and the fruit leather's gone so well that I'm now doing different types of fruit leather. Nice. Kids are loving it, so that's been really good. But it's just the time it takes then to bring stuff home, wash it, process it, prep it, whatever it might be, store it preserve it in whatever way yeah. it does take a lot of time so yeah. uh, that's been taken up a bit and so consequently I've just literally got some of my summer cabbage in the ground that I was wanting to grow which means you know with a bit of luck I'll get a small crop but it'll be late well, I was planting cabbages today in a tunnel in the heat and yeah. I was just thinking this isn't right no. but if I put them outside they're going to get battered yeah. so it's either this or none well, so. it ain't going to stay like this is it it can't it's no, can't stay like this for very but they're five weeks nearly already so they're, yeah. they're pretty big so yeah and that was my Savoy's and some more spring cabbage, but they'll be they'll be ready way earlier because yeah. they're in the tunnel. Yeah. So I will do another sowing mm. in August. I might even wait till near the end of August, mm. just because they're in a tunnel. You can, can't you? Well, it's like it gives you a month extra, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but it's the light level because I need things for March. Yep. Next year. Yeah. Just... But if I put them in too early. I think that they'll go over. I think they'll all be done and dusted. But but I do think that perhaps by the time, you know, if I start sowing now, I think the other tunnel will be up by then. Yeah. You know, and that's where they need to go. Really. Really. Yeah, and the cool tunnel will be all yeah. right. So for me, I should be sowing now and I haven't done any snow. So what, yeah, what, yeah. what do you need to sow? Well, just some some of my spring cabbage, yeah. overwintering cabbages. Yeah. Um, I'm all right for purple sprout and broccoli and Brussels sprouts. I've got those in. I potted them um, up today. Did you? Sprout and broccoli. Yeah. About this high, right? And I will do one more lot. Yeah. So I do. I planted out some of the ones that you gave me. Yeah. Um, We're getting a noise now. Don't yeah, worry. Sorry, excuse me. I'm just going to sort that out. Sorry about that. So yeah, we were saying about you planting in the tunnel. Yeah. So cabbages have gone in. Lots of salad and a continuation of crops really. But one thing I did today, which is shows probably the di- the difference in time scale in that I took all my onions out today. Wow. And that's like a month early. Yeah, yeah. I would say exactly a month early. But, you know, they're crickable sized onions and they've all gone over. Having said that, I've got main crop onion here now. Yeah. That is like the size of your fist. Yeah, there you go. It's gone right. over, it's ready. Yeah, it's it. So, and that's probably the heat that's done. Yeah. yeah. What I am doing is that I, when I was doing the onions, I could see that I wasn't going to have enough for everybody who's involved yeah. in the operation. So I had about 200 from set which I've got out now. Mm. Um, and then around, and it was a bit late, around early March, I sowed probably another four, 400 seed. 
Mm. And that's quite late for onion seed. Mm. It should really have been done January, February. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see what would happen. And so now they are the size of, you know, like a good pickled onion. That's how big they are, right? Yeah. From seed. And they're, they're grown in clumps. Mm. And they're outside now. They're not indoors. They're outside. And I know that onions have got a thing where it's not about, it's about the daylight hours before they start to go over. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see how big they get. And they don't need to get much bigger to be useful. They only need no. to get a little bit bigger so that they're like your cooking onions, basically. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to make a big difference. But next year... I will grow all from seed, mm. everything. I couldn't get enough sets, mate, to get them in the ground. It's, you know, I was looking at the economics of it, and you know, if you're growing for your family and you want two hundred sets, it's probably going to cost you ten quid. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but if you're growing for five families and you need, you know, a thousand yeah. sets, then you it becomes oh, onions. A, it, well, it's fifty quid. That's why they don't grow onions very much. Yeah, but <laughs> but I can grow a thousand from seed. No problem, mm. you know. It's just being organised enough and going into yeah. it. And the thing that blew me away were the shallots that I grew from seed. Mm. The, the shallots I grew from seed were better than the shallots I planted from really? seed. Yeah, without shadow of a doubt. Huge, big banana yeah. shallots. Massive. Nice. They look really good, actually. Yeah. So they all came out today. My garlic's out, my main crop onion's out, my shallots are all out. What's your garlic looking like? Because mine's quite small again. Well, so. I sowed in spring in the tunnel. Mm. And I thought it'd be tiny, but it's been great. Mm. But it's not—it's not as big as I'd really like it to be. Mm. But they were really late going in. Mm. You know, they were really going in March, mm. middle of March. Whereas really, I wanted them in in November. And so I'll do them properly now this year. Now we're all set up and stuff like that. Mm. And I don't, and, and I will do plenty. You know, so there that, that that's all out. And and I need that thing that stuff to come out so I can start getting these crops that have to be in now. You know, those brassicas need to go in. So my Brussels sprouts are in, mm. my savoys are in, my spring cabbage, which will probably, it's, it's a bit mid, it, it, I shouldn't have done it when I've done it. I've done some really early cabbage, which we've eaten. Right, yeah. And I've done them in March, and we ate them in Ju July. Yeah. And they were lovely. Big, they're like a greyhound. Oh, lovely, I remember seeing them, yeah. yeah. So I've done that crop again, yeah. and they're, I'd say in a month they'd be ready to eat. Right, okay. So it's just like they're, like, they're almost just like a catch crop cabbage. Yeah, yeah. Well, they grow so fast then. They do, yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then I've got Savoy's and one called Maribel, which is right. like a tight ball head. But yeah. I will do another sowing of spring cabbage and I've got spring greens to try. I've never done them before. Um, and I think there's one other one. What's the one that forms a ball head that I've grown before? It's the only overwintering cabbage that makes a ball head, spring cabbage. Oh, I will save it because of S. Can't remember it. S. No, Maybe it's not S. And um, I got it off Charles Dowding. Oh yeah. It's a. It's a. I'll, I'll put it out. I think yeah. I can't remember it. Um, so yeah, because I know they're the things that we we're going to need. Mm. And then there's, <clears throat> like I said, there's some purple sprout broccoli now going in, and there will be. And I'll do one more sowing of it. Yeah. I think I'll have to because I'm I'm trying to work out the timings. It's 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 all. And then, you know, normally you think, right, it's got to August, can't, I've got to get my cabbages in now. I reckon I could probably wait till September and put it, and sow yeah. cabbage, and it'd still be all right, yeah, because I've got this extra time because mm. of the protection that the tunnel offers, mm. and the heat inside it, and the protection from pest damage as well. It's unbelievable. No pests, mm. no nothing. So that's been growing. Um, tying up and side shooting tomatoes. That takes ages as well, doesn't it? Chilies, cucumbers. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, mate. Well, I went down last weekend, like two hours to go and do some bits of it. Yeah. 
And I spent half of it just tying in the side shooting with some eyes. Spent a and day just, doing and, and that. And taking the lower leaves out yeah. and, and all that. And so, it's just, yeah. so that, and that's what, it's just taken out the time. And it, yeah. if you're, what it does is it highlights for me how much time I really have to put in if I really want to I'm watering a lot at the moment because outside crops, we haven't quite got the automated watering. Waiting for the um, rainwater harvesting watering system to get put in. So I've got some seep and leaking hoses and things like that. And, yeah. um, but... Some of those are like the sprinkling system, they're a little bit, I don't mind them on a patch of crops where I've got, you know, like a big bed of carrots because everything needs watering. But if I've got row crops, I, I don't like seeing the water just sitting on the ground in between the roses. Yeah. It's a waste, yeah. if I'm honest. So I've yeah. been using seed hoses for that and stuff like that. And the fruit is taking a long time to water because I can't, I can't not water it because it'll die. Because it's the, the first, trees, yeah. the trees are not so bad. It's the first year bare-rooted raspberries because right. they're in clay. It's just, they just die. It's just going to die if I don't water them. I've got some little blackcurrant bushes for you. Oh, that'd be great. Um, they're probably only like yeah, that. They were cuttings from last yeah. autumn. I'll definitely take those because I lost them. I've got to dig them out from here amongst the thistle because it's all got a bit overgrown. But I'll, I'll yeah, get those digging out. You can have them. Oh, thanks, mate. Right. Well, my strawberries have been good, the ones that you gave me. Good. Um, they're finished now. But the fruit any good? Because I'm not. Yeah, not, lovely. Yeah. Florence is the name yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah lovely. Absolutely yeah. lovely. Uh, next year, I will one net them because yeah. I've had some bird damage, and two build something up the corner. So because they're at home, my dog likes to wee up that patch, mate. So, oh, nice! Yeah. So so, nice. so we don't eat from one end, <laughs> and, and, and the combination of my dog and the heat has killed a few plants on yeah. the corner. Yeah. But they have set runners oh, everywhere. Good. So next year I'll have to do it a bit better. I'll have to build up the sides probably a little yeah. bit. Just but it's only for a couple of months, isn't it? Yeah, just using yeah. a bit of timber or something yeah, like that something in area. so that's one thing that's been good at home i've got beans lettuce which we're using spring i'm picking beans already yeah yeah not at home no i'm picking but i'm picking beans inside the tunnel yeah which i sowed early yeah and i'm picking beans outside at the farm dwarf or climbing? no climbing beans oh, okay. and runner beans right but yeah. when you look at the climbing beans the ball otter and the runners mm. That because of the water in the ground, because this has gone into pretty virgin first term yeah. grounds, one top dressing of manure, not hardly anything in it. Yeah. I don't know whether it's the heat stress or whatever it is, but they've they've climbed up and they are climbing up, but they've not bushed out at all. Oh, and there's okay. a lot down at the bottom, so they're fruiting down the bottom. Yeah. But they will, they yeah, will get there in the end. Um, Mine are looking really healthy. Mine, yeah. I forget which ones I did now. I think I did the Bolotti and the the runner beans. Are looking really good. Yeah, the runner beans look better. Runner bean, beans, particularly, I'm going to be like inundated yeah, with it before too long. But there's loads of flour and not much fruit. That's yet. right. That's what that's, that's what, what I've got. got. But they, but they are coming. Yeah. But I've planted in such quantity. Yeah. That you know where you might you know if you had twelve plants <laughs> and you got twelve beans or, mm. or twenty four beans, mm. because I've got five hundred plants. Mm. Even that small. Even the first. If you know. If they've all got one bean on it, I've got 500 yeah, beans. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what it's yeah. like at the moment. But we've done them successionally. Yeah. And again, I will probably do a whole another raft, probably not of climbers, but I'll probably do a whole raft of French dwarf in the tunnel. Right. In the tunnel. So I'm just thinking, sitting here thinking, I probably need to do some dwarf beans because my velocity are looking great. Yeah. Runner beans are looking great, but the two lots that I've got of the French beans I really like. Yeah. 
not looking so healthy. Oh, oh, some of them are coming right. Try, try Canadian Wonder, because that's right. the one that I got, and it's like a flat bean. Right. Oh, they are fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And I, and I, you know, I won't lie to you, I think we got a bit mixed up with some of them. Right. I've got Borlotta, yeah. climbing Borlotta in my dwarf bean bed. Oh. About six or seven plants, right. and they tried to go, they put on loads of top growth, and I just yeah. kept pinching them out. Yeah. And they put on loads of little flat Borlotta, and they're delicious. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Just eating them. Yeah. Millions of them. But the Canadian Wonders are particularly good. Right. Particularly good dwarf bean. So if you can find them, oh, I'll give you some. I've probably got right. some somewhere. But I'll do, I think with the main crop carrot come out, reading carrots, yeah. like they're going out of fashion, and they are fantastic. The carrots mm. that I've done in the tunnel. Early non, they are just yeah. brilliant. Mm. 10,000 seed, I'll put it. <laughs> and just been pulling the big ones. Yep. And then the next one's come. So mm. there hasn't been a lot of thinning out. No. I can tell you that. No. Just eating them all. And that is easily. Oh, so far ahead of me on so many things. It's ridiculous, then. Well, the carrots outside are not looking great. I yeah. spent a whole day literally crawling around, weeding them on Monday, oh, and I was sweating. Man. And I've got one more job to do, which is, you know, parsnips are just the thing I've struggled with. Yeah. I've got to do nine rows of parsnips, right. weeding them out and finding them, because they take so long to germinate. Yeah. And so, and I, and I dare hoe between the rows, take them off, yeah. and... I put some radishes in, so I've kind of got an idea, but mm. I mean, it's going to take probably about four or five hours to do those rows, go through them, and then get everything out except the parsnips, which are probably the size of my thumb by now. That's a, they're, they're not big, but they were late going in outside. And if they come good, I'll be happy, but I'm, I'm not sure. one, I think. <laughs> the parsnips in the tunnel, all right. Yeah, I, I literally, because I, I put the green sprouting in and the garlic, and I've got loads of different things in that bed now. Um, and I've just sort of filled spaces as they've come available yeah. and stuff, and, and um, I've got one. It's it's about like six inches tall now. It's one for Christmas. One for Christmas. It's one. It's yeah. literally one. Yeah. I just sowed a few seed down and a little sort of strip in between yeah. and see what happens. You know, yeah. nothing to lose because I thought the garlic could be out, which it more or less is. Yeah. And now they're starting to show. But I've then put some green sprout in here. Anyway, it's got a bit messy, but I'll work. The it. broccoli's ready in the tunnel as well, is it really? which is bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. And it's put on. It's probably because it's gone into really. It's not rich ground, but it, I mean, they are huge, those plants. Yeah. And they put on a really stubby first flower. Yeah. We cut them and now they're starting to send up the side yeah. shoots, which is what you want, but yeah. it's too hot for them in there, I still yeah. think. Yeah. But I think the next lot will be, will be really good. And I just want it full. I don't want, I don't want, it got to a bit today where because of the lettuces being slow to germinate, I've got a bit of a gap. I've still got lettuce, mm. but I've taken a row out and it's really noticeable now, you know. So there are things to go in. I've got beetroot in, I've got chard in, I've got celeriac uh, in, I've got a row of basil, a row of thyme, a row yeah. of coriander, and I've let the coriander that, that I put in for leaf yeah. has all, all bolted and gone yeah. to flat, but we've let it. Yeah. And so then we'll harvest all the coriander seed yeah. and use that for all your curries and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and re sowing. Yeah. And it looks beautiful in the tunnel yeah. to have a a little bit of white flour, you know, that umbella for kind of look, yeah. which is nice. And then there's more coriander and parsley going in. And then just randomly in one corner, we've got nasturtiums going up yeah. all on one side. And then just, I, I didn't do them. There's about five fennel just grown in the corner of the polytunnel in the herb patch, which is quite nice, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, so that, they'll get quite tall. We'll leave them yeah. in the corner and they'll grow up. That'd nice. be quite nice. Um, what else has gone in? Um, chard, like I said, beetroot, some more beetroot and loads of spring onions. 
So yeah, it's been quite a it's been a real learning curve though, because all I'm trying to do is work out these different timings. But as far as growing's going, growing's going. As far as growing's going, that's what we've got, you know. Um, but the only other thing I've been doing this last week, not this last week, the week before, is I was getting into my foraging, mate, and I put out quite a few. Oh, posts yeah, I saw your video. Yeah, put on your videos, your posts, yeah, and. Um, I just thought it might be nice to share and debunk some of those really common things and try and encourage some people to try some things. Um, and, I, and I didn't want it all to be kind of medicinal. I wanted some of it to be about, you know, kind of food stuff. That's why yeah. I was looking at the nettles. Yeah. And I was looking at the fat hen particularly. That grows everywhere yeah. at the farm. Everywhere. Any bit of toil, soil you turn over mm. is straight there. And mm. it's quite nice just to eat it. First thing that comes up. <laughs> As you're weeding, yeah, it's yeah. quite nice to just <laughs> eat it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's lime that we've got at the farm and I put out one other one and I can't even remember what it was now. But um, I would just really encourage people to try those, particularly the nettles if you've never done them because I can't, they're such a good herbal tea. Mm. And they're not about, that, never mind all the health benefits, it's just tasty, it's yeah, nice, yeah, it tastes yeah. nice. If you like green tea or any kind of thing like that, give it a go. And it's got to be the easiest thing to recognise and not get wrong. Yeah. You know, everybody knows nettles, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you want to then go further and do the nettle soup or try... I've had a nettle souffle once, I think. Mm. But you can use them as a green. And, you know, the other thing about them is if you went out in an afternoon with a carrier bag and a glove, you could get enough for the whole year. You could get enough mm. tea because they dry really well and they taste really good dried. Just hang them up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just picked the top part of the nettle okay. actually just, just one thing I lay it out of my caravan yeah. but if you just pick that top part of the leaves at the moment now when you're walking around there are some really big nettles with mm. the flower tassels you don't want them because they, they've got a lot of silica in mm. and they can be a, they can be a bit bitter and a bit mm. strong but around this time you get this second growth comes everywhere where mm. either they've been cut or they've self-seeded or mm. what have you and, th and then again you just look at it's like PG tips it's like, like tea when they pick the first yeah. maybe five four or five leaves so I'll just pick them and put them in a bag and then I wash them but you don't even need to do that really and then just lay them all out amazing and then when they're dry put them in a jar and then every nice. day you can just get one out put it in a teacup pour boiling water on it and there's your herbal tea and it is really good for you medicinally um, just don't <laughs> do it where people walk their dogs yeah do it high up so I've been eating gooseberries. My gooseberries are so good this year, it's ridiculous. Nice, that's good. I haven't had any. They do well to get home, but there's so many. Tayberries I've had. Oh yeah, very nice. I've got a million black currants as well, which is amazing. Yeah, and I haven't got any, so I'm jealous All of right. that. Well, I might sort you out with some if you want, if you need some. Yeah, I'm um, dead jealous of that. I've got loads of black currants, and I've been picking, obviously, the monster too. Can't keep up with that. The Cavallo Nero, been really nice. Been picking on that. Oh, I planted that today. Yeah, that's, I've, I've had no sign of that, and that's come good. Using my garlic now. I've had my first tomato. It's been a slow year for me, tomatoes wise, but I did plant out really early. Yeah. I wanted to get them out of the greenhouse early because I wanted the greenhouse wow. space. So I think that slowed down the growth. Normally I would have kept them in the greenhouse a bit longer and then put them out later. Have you got any in the greenhouse? I've got now all of my tomatoes are now in their final growing positions. Um, so I've got 24 in the greenhouses at home, same as I know. And then I've got 24 mounted magic out. Have you ever grown Roma? Yes. Are they quite bushy? Yes, not too high. Uh, we tend to get bigger eventually. They're about this, though, they're yeah. like they're like this. No, don't really, that. don't really have one main leader. They sort of send up. Yeah, because I'm side be. shooting them. Yeah, but they don't, they don't want it. Like I've got other ones. 
Which well, you get different types of tomatoes, don't you? Yeah. So I'm not but, sure. But they're not a head. bush. They're not a bush. They're not a bush. No, and they're not determinate. They're an indeterminate vine. That's what it says how to grow. So them. an indeterminate then means that they just go everywhere. Yeah. Well, so, indeterminate is the height. Yeah. Bush is the spread, isn't it? Yeah. They're, 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 you can grow them like a cord on its head, yeah. or you can grow them like a bush or whatever. Yeah. But um, they've just been quite squat and quite yeah. low. They're laden. Mm. Got plenty on them. Mm. But um, I think it might be because. Maybe the heat, or but I mean, they've got to be, it's got to be the perfect conditions, mate. I, I, although it's going to be late season, my mountain magic are absolutely covered in flower and fruit. Okay, so I'm expecting that at some point, about a month from now, I'm going to be like, What on earth am I going to do with this lot? Well, I hope I am. I should be, shouldn't well, I? You better be. If you're not, I'm coming after you, like I said before. Yeah. Well, there's there's a there's a hundred plants in the tunnel, yeah, and there's another 50 outside. So you should be going, Oh, what am I going to do with this lot? And then there's also. I did this, you know, like I've grown the, per, the garden pearl mm. in, in bags. I've just done them in those green crates mm. off the ground, though. Yeah. And I've got four in a row running mm. up the middle of the tunnel. And you just, as you walk past, you see them. Yeah. And they're all tumbling over now. Yeah. I think that they are a cracking tomato. Yeah. Um, but the one that's looking really nice that I'm looking for is this one called Fandango. Oh, yeah, I've grown those. Yeah, good. And they are that yeah, big. Yeah. They are. Yeah. I'm waiting for one of them. I want a whole slice yeah. on a burger right. with cheese right. in a bun that big. Yeah. That's, what I'm, ready, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I've never grown them before, so. Uh, but the golden, what are they called? What's that yellow one? Sun gold. Yeah. They're doing well. They're ready. We're yeah. eating them. I have grown some, not money maker, gardener's delight, because they're quite easy mm. and they form like a nice vine of cherry sized ones. So I've done those. Fandango and then all Roma. I've done a lot of Roma. They were my main one. But maybe I'll try the San Marzano one next year. Because I really would like a cordon tomato yeah. because of the way I've set up the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I prefer the San Marzano. I don't really know why, if I'm honest. I just do. Yeah, they look great, Yeah, the Roma. They're just yeah. a bit squat. Yeah, well, it's my San Marzano now. Mine were very late, though, I remember. Yeah, they were. They mine, were really late. Mine are now as tall as me. Yeah, mine are nowhere near as tall as me. And in the greenhouse, certainly the first lot I've got in the greenhouse are as tall as me. They're coming up to the top of the greenhouse now. Um, although there's not loads of fruit on there yet to make oh, yeah. flower. And mine are in the ground. They've yeah. got plenty of water. They're in they're in well rotted manure. Yeah. That's what they're in. I yeah. mean, all of the good stuff I put on that bed. Yeah. I don't think it can be anything other than maybe watering, but I'm very reticent about overwatering tomatoes because I want them to split. Is it thinning maybe? I could. I, I haven't fed because once they start setting flowers, you should start feeding every week. Really, okay. even if um, they're in pure muck. Even if they're in pure muck, you should really give them a boost. Them. Well, I've got both liquid feed and dry pelleted chicken yeah. manure, which is slow release. But I could do both of those, couldn't no, I? I? To be honest, though, I tend not to, and I still get good crops. Yes, yeah. I'd rather not. Time. Yeah, I'd rather. I, I don't mind making my nettle feed up yeah. or comfrey feed. That's, yeah, comfrey feed will do the job. Yeah, I haven't got any comfrey yet. That no, it's about that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's that's what I. So I've started feeding in the greenhouses at home. I probably won't bother outside. Okay. If I'm honest. Um, but the other thing, mixing up that much feed for. I mean, like, that's good. Yeah. It's just time, isn't it? It's just time. Well, I, I, I've got the time. Yeah. It's just going to... That'd be a whole day. Yeah. That's all right, though. Whereas I haven't got the time. Yeah, you have, Al. What do you want to go? I've got so much going on. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so, yeah, Pop, so with regards to that, I've been doing the foraging and the... Uh, obviously, the um, tomatoes and stuff like that. It's been a bit... It's been a bit... Um, you want to shut the door, mate? Yeah. It's been a... It's been a funny old month with regards to that. 
But other than that, it's been about bees, really. Bees, yeah. I, I've, I've literally spent every, well, not every spare evening, but a lot of spare evenings moving bees around, trying to sort the bees out, um, getting traps out, getting traps in, God, moving the swarms around. So many swarms we've caught. I can't remember if it's 13 or 14, but it's more than I've ever seen. Before. What is it's great. It's amazing. <laughs> Since we only had one. Definitely not complaining. Uh, we it's have like lost... the bees hit a reset, isn't it? It's like, do you know what? Just reset. We'll all die and we'll all start again. It's almost like there's, there's, there's. I think you said it last time. There's this gap that's been created by all these bees that have not survived. Yeah. So the bees that are left have just gone. All right, boom. And right. how they would know that, I've no idea. But almost feels like that. So yeah, it does. You know, and it's been such a good swarm season. You know, loads of people I know are saying loads of swarms, and everything else. There's still swarms out there now. This week I've seen some locally. Really? People on Facebook saying they call their first swarm this week. Oh, believe that's it or not. Great. Um, so it's potentially still possible. Having said that, from the records that I've kept, I've never caught one after the 16th. Yeah. And July. if you do get one, you're going to need to feed it. You're going to need to look after it. So is that we've we've caught a couple and lost a couple that we've caught. Um, certainly yeah. two that I've had that have come in that have then not made it for whatever reason. Probably that we've got Virgin Queens that have gone out for mating flights and not made it back. Mm. Um, so we've caught some. We, we you know caught more than we've got yeah. at the end of it all. Um, but we have caught some really big prime swarms, and it looks like yeah. you were saying you wanted a super the other day, weren't you? For one of them, I'm supered now. Yeah, so, so. so super's gone on top. We should get might get a bit of so Yeah, we don't need a lot, do we? Just want a bit of surplus for me and you this year. Yeah, but again, it's late, so I would normally at this time of year I'd be looking at winding down the operation at work because I'm not going to be around much, and sometimes that would mean putting supers on. But actually, I've yet to find, and I've come back at the end of the summer holiday. That there's been much honey in any of the supers. No, I think the supers so, would normally be on by now. Yeah, so all I know is that the black current, uh, blackberries out here and mm. the lime trees are out here because that's yeah. what I can see. Yeah. But one of my local friends who's a beekeeper was mm. saying to me that the sweet chestnuts are great. Sweet uh, chestnuts out at the moment. Yeah, and there's plenty Clothes, of that around here. Loads of clover, red and white clover, yeah, I've seen loads of that. But the drought will push the nectar down, yeah. won't it? It will. You know, yeah. So we do want a bit more rain. Anyway, I'm where time's getting on a bit. Yeah. We were going to talk a little bit about current situation. Here. Yeah, so should we take a break there and come back and Absolutely. Do, do the next bit? Nice one. And we're back. So, um... Wanted to spend a bit of time just talking. We've been doing this kind of theme recently of, um, you know, financial situation, people struggling. It's really know. hitting home now for a lot of people. I know that my energy bills have gone yeah. through the roof. Yeah. You know, doubled basically because yeah. of the price cap coming off and yeah. the cost of electricity and gas in the UK is, it's unprecedented. The rise, I would mm. suggest, and I know that a lot of people are really struggling, and and you know you can get quite down about it. I'm not going to lie to you because. It's all very well saving 2p a year, having an energy saving light bulb or, or <laughs> yeah. filling your kettle and having and saving £10 a year. Yeah. But then when you get it with 100, 150 odd increase yeah. every month, yeah. it, 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 it's like, I know, I know that all the little things add up, yeah. but they ain't going to add up to that. No. You know? And so it, it does become more about looking at alternative mm-hmm. modes of energy or... Really curtailing what you're using, mm. or and this is probably the way I'm going to come at it. Mm. I've got to find, I've got to find an extra hundred and fifty pound a month, yeah. and that's the way I'm coming at it. Right. We we don't we don't use a lot of power. Mm. We, we don't. No, um, I'm not saying we've got the most energy efficient home. I think I could probably get some more insulation, mm-hmm. in, right? But it's only a small house. Mm. We've got, you know, not. 
not many rooms to heat. Mm. Um, we don't we don't have the boiler going twenty four seven. You know, we're really really careful with what we use, and we've still been battered with it. Mm. And so you know, the the easiest way for me to do it is to t- I've got to take the hit on the energy. I can't really get that down. I mean, I could shop around maybe and find a mm. a slightly better deal on my energy, mm. but probably not not a lot better than what I'm paying. No. So for me, it becomes about right. Where else can I make that? How else can I make some extra cash mm. or, or 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 barter or yeah. make dents in my uh, bills out of places? Because I can't save any money on the gas because I haven't got any control over how much it is. Yeah. I haven't or the electricity. So trying to find other ways of in my in my outgoings to 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 you know make a saving on is what it's all about. And, yeah. then, and what's really good is now that I'm not I'm hardly paying for any meat I'm yeah. hard well I'm not paying for any vegetables at yeah. all now yeah. and that will be forever now hopefully yeah, you know, I don't need to really, know yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. yeah as long as you can grow them that is well, I can keep growing them mate yeah. tell you that no problem so, so I'm coming at it from a slightly different way which is that obviously we've got a little bit of capital behind us and we're going to yeah. invest some of that in trying to save it and talk yeah. about panels I'm going to get into, onto that over the next few weeks and try and get some quotes in at least but also I've got a couple of windows that I know are not the most efficient yeah. they're really old and they've yeah. needed replacing for a while, and so I think I'm just going to do that now, just get, get it done. done. Yeah. So and then, so those two things will help, but it's not going to solve the problem with the fact that it's still going to cost a lot of money to run my house. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm looking at, you know, can I use the wood burner a bit more this year? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need to try and get on top of that yeah. and make sure I've got wood. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that all those little things don't help. They do help. Of course they know? do, but they're not going to make that much difference. Pan, pan, no, they're not, but they might make difference to the amount of energy we're consuming which does have a knock-on for the environment and that's yeah. definitely something we should all be thinking about which i'm you know as i said quite early on in all of this i'm quite happy with that myself i don't want us to all face these price rises no. that would be really un, you know, really unhelpful but if the outcome of that is that we all find ways to be more energy efficient and yeah. more eco-friendly and all those things that that is it's got to be at least a positive that comes out of it if nothing Absolutely. else yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm, oh, that's the way that I'm looking at it. And I've always wanted to go that way. And it's now the incentive for our families to just go, yeah, now's the time. And do it before it becomes more expensive. Because yeah. I, I would imagine that the demand for a lot of these alternative sources of energy is going to get higher yeah. and higher. Yeah. And I can't say that I'm well up on ground source heat and, mm. and all of these geothermic heating mm. and things which are you know, the, the norm now with regards to building standards mm. and things like that. I know that we're very old-fashioned about it at where I live, but mm. the re- the reality of it is that I like to be in control of it, and mm. and I think that when my wood burning stove finally packs up, which it will do, I will explore having a back boiler mm. put on it so yeah. it it could heat the water yeah. and probably buy in not a great big Argoray burn style one, but I will get something which has got a cooking range in it and yeah. maybe even a little oven on the side yeah. just so that I've got the capacity if we wanted to because half of the fireplace is there anyway. So yeah. I'll get a little Lola Nordica stove or something yeah. like that. Theoretically, you could, heat, you could do all your cooking on wood where you are, couldn't you? Well, we, <coughs> we used to have a Rayburn 1 solid fuel yeah. cooker. We did have an electric cooker as well, don't get me wrong, but we used to use that all the time. Why would you get rid of it? Because... When I was going to work and the wife was at home, oh, yeah. she was shoveling coal every yeah. morning. Okay. I was bringing Coal's in the first lot. Yeah. Didn't have access to wood at the time. Yeah. Coal's just as expensive. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the other thing about having a stove like that is it, it makes your house dirty. Mm. There, there's no other, there's mm. no, you know, there's a f- layer of mm. ash in the air. And yeah, probably not that great for you bringing it. But, you know, I think that if, if I 
had the opportunity again, I would have kept it and mm. I would have just got a, a, a stove, a, you know, a good gas mm. cooker as well, yeah. probably. Mm. Um, the instant heat of the gas was really good. It's really appealing, isn't it? We didn't even have any gas in the house. All right, okay. We literally had solid fuel Rayburn mm. and what in effect is a plug-in cooker. You know, because yeah, that's all the question, yeah, an yeah. electric cooker. Yeah, with you I'm know, right on, yeah. yeah, the rings. Yeah. So the boiler was run off the solid fuel, mm. and there was an immersion heater, and they've always been expensive, haven't they? Mm. But at the time, I didn't have access to timber, and I, I didn't know mm, how to yeah, use a chainsaw. I didn't know any of these skills. Makes sense. And then, sense. and then when we had the young kids, it, you just need to be able to turn the heating on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what drove that. I'll tell you what was nice talking of chainsaws. I um, was around with folks last night, as I said. My dad was like, my brother was there as well. And he goes, I have you two boys now to tighten the chainsaw. Oh, chain. mate, you felt all manly and then. And I was like, you? well, as it happens. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot all match over, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just went, have you got a screwdriver? Yeah. <laughs> you did it, though, did you? Oh, yeah, I did yeah, it. Yeah, it. It was like, and it wasn't, it was a, like one of these pole chainsaws as well. Like. Yeah, yeah. So he's got it for mainly for cutting edges off of trees and edges and stuff. Yeah, no, I was like, yeah, there you go, yes. new skills, mate. Yeah, exactly right. One step away uh, from being a professional logger, I reckon. Not even close, mate. There's no <laughs> way I want to do that job for a living. Um, but it's fun to go and do it from time to time. Now, what I wanted to talk today, we've, we've talked previously about trying to save money yeah. by doing various things, including obviously last time shopping smarter. Yeah. yeah? Uh, and, and I did say at the end of the last one that I, I felt, you know, I don't always feel qualified to talk about things. I don't always, you know, I'm sort of sharing my ideas and you're yeah. doing the same, yeah? Uh, and what I wanted to do this time was something that I do feel a bit more confident about, yeah. at least, is that cooking a bit smarter to save money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just some ideas around that, because again, people, you know, again, watching on the local news today about the proliferation of food banks across the country yeah, in the last yeah. 10 years. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. And, and so, you know, people going in there because they're working full time and they still can't afford to make ends meet. You know, they're, they're earning 1,600 quid, their rent's 1,300 quid a month. Yeah. And they've got 300 quid to try and make ends meet for the rest. It's crazy. So trying to sort of make some suggestions of things that might help people that if they're in, you know, perhaps not as dire a situation as that, hopefully. But, you know, if, if it's going to help, hopefully it will. Mm. Some ideas that can get out there for people. Um, the things that, you know, you know for me that this whole thing starts and ends in the kitchen. Mm. And that that's where I started doing all of this journey was about me liking good food, eating good food, cooking good food. Um, so let's come up with some, some things for that. So as before, I've done a bit of homework. Mm. But I know you'll have some ideas on this, so... Well, I know some, but we, I've been talking about my bread for a long time, haven't I? Yeah, go on. And um, I know that for me, and you have to have time, mm. not a lot of time, but yeah. you have to have some, but I know that the bread that I've been making now for the last couple of months, all, all of the bread in the house, that's working out about 25p a loaf. Yeah. And that's a lot cheaper. And it's a lot better bread as well, don't mm. get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you need to be able to buy in maybe a big bag of flour mm-hmm. and you need to be able to buy some yeast. Um, but if you can get into that little rhythm of making it, and we make it on a Sunday because the oven's hot, I think it's a really, really good thing to do. Yeah. And so, and when you start, everyone will be like, like the kids, well, that don't look like bread. Yeah. There's a bit of that, but now they all way prefer it. Yeah. And um, I do think it's better for your belly as well if you're, someone who's not that into gluten and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I think using your own, just literally basic ingredient bread, I think it's great, and it is so good. It's great, it's great taste. And that's just, and that's not the sourdough, so I am buying the yeast, that's that no-need recipe I've yeah. put out. And I know some people have tried it and gone yeah. really well with it. So I'm doing that, I'm doing the soda bread, and they're both great. 
Absolutely fabulous. And I think that that is a great money saver, but it also, without getting too hippified, I think it enriches your life making your own food. Well, I, I was once asked, where would you start if you were asking, you know, mm. suggested someone start this journey, and my answer was make a loaf of bread. Mm. And I think that it's an essential part of just yeah. your food, really. Yeah. It, it really is a kind of a gateway for a lot yeah. of people. And, yeah. and it was during the first lockdown back in 2020, yeah. wasn't it, where you know, people were like, well, I'm at home and I can't go to work and what am I going to do? Well, I'll make some bread then, you know, yeah. it's a nice thing to do. So lots of people thinking that same way, yeah. I think. Yeah. And interestingly, you said you do it on a Sunday because that's when the oven's on. It's my first thing on my list is about efficient use of your oven. Yeah. yeah. Um, or your hob. And someone's just bought me a loaf tin from Poundland. Oh. I've not tried it yet, though. All right. But it looks perfectly decent. Mm. Perfectly, perfectly decent. So, you know, like all things... You know, you might think that you need, the, you know, the most amazing quality, silicone-y, whatever, but it comes down to quite simple things, really, doesn't it? Well, I, I bake almost all of my bread on the baking sheet, which would have come from pound now, probably. Yeah. probably cost a pound. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely baking your own bread for me is yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I think with that efficient use of the oven, so what's really nice there is you're saying, right, on Sunday we're cooking whatever, roasted dinner or whatever, as the roast comes out, talk about it before. Oh, it's before that. <coughs> right, okay. So, so, so it needs to prove. Okay. So because the oven's on, mm-hmm. the heat's rising up, even though yeah. the hobs ain't on, yeah. I'm see- sitting my bowl on the top of it yeah. so that it's going to get a good proof. It's not so bad at the moment because it's warm. I say, you're going to struggle with that just but in, now. But in the winter, it is. Yeah. It's a real problem to get <coughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So make the bread up, and then when the oven's preheated for the roast, you just sit the bowl up on top, mm-hmm. and, and it just all becomes one. Yeah. And then and as the roast comes out, the roast goes, goes in. Yeah, and then by the time we finish the dinner, Bread's coming out. Yeah. Uh, try not to eat it after I've had a roast dinner. It's the hardest bit of the whole operation. Yeah. <laughs> Still warm, though, isn't it? You can't. You've got the first slice, the little, the little crusty end is, is for the for the oven, mate. It's back in the mate, I make three loaves. One one don't even get cold. It's a it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. They're terrible. But um yeah, for for us that works out well. And then the other one, which is the sa- the uh, not sourdough, the other one which is the soda bread. It's got to be the quickest loaf, mm. start to finish. Mm. So if you turn your oven on, mm. you can make your dough up, mm. and by the time you finish doing that, you can put it in the oven. Right, yeah, it's just warm enough to put it in. Okay. Yeah. It, and, it, and it don't need to rise, you see. Yeah. There's no rise. It's the combination of the acid and alkaline in the... In the in of the, course, yeah. That's all that is. That's all it is. It's a bicarbonate of soda, yeah. and then the, and then the um, yoghurt, yeah. or the buttermilk, or whatever you use. Yeah. Yeah. And them two, bang. And you don't need it, you yep. shouldn't need it actually, and I think it's great that recipe. Yes, man. Yeah, I like that. So, so it's efficient use of time, efficient use of, of resource, and, and the oven is one of the most expensive things you're going to run in the house. Yeah. So if you're going to put the oven on, don't just have one thing in it, fill it up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of brings me on to a couple of things. One is about efficient use of all of these things. So efficient use of your hob. Yeah. Efficient use of your freezer. Your freezer is your friend in this case. Mm, so it's a lot of it is about cooking big batches. Yeah. Having some, you know. Good food storage tubs, containers that yeah. go in the freezer. So when I do things, I'm looking at doing like three, four litres worth, a big pan's worth. Mm. We might eat some of it that night. And then I'll portion the rest up, chuck it in the freezer. And when yeah. we just pull it out and we use yeah. it. Um, and so that saves me, you know, it saves me on time, but it also it's going to save me on the energy costs yeah. because I'm going to run the oven to fill up four dinners worth maybe. Yeah. And then I'm going to pull them out when I need them. The other thing is that f- freezers are more efficient when they're full. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. So keep your freezers full. Just have a good system about knowing what's in there. Yeah. You can even run a little book or something oh, like that. I tried doing that. The chest freezer is a nightmare for that, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. 
but you, you know, getting yourself a decent sharp is half the battle, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. writing things on bags before you. Put them, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at that either. Yeah. Not, yeah. A few yeah. times I've got things out thinking it was something, and it was really something else. Completely yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's all good fun. One of the things that I would sort of talk about a little bit with regards to food, you might come to it yourself, is about shopping seasonally. Yep. Um, and you might have to change what what you eat. I mean, it'd be great if you're eating what you grow, really, wouldn't it? Well, that's the idea, wouldn't it? Yeah, but if you're going to shop seasonally, you know, it's incredible how things change and fluctuate in price. And just because you want to have peaches all year or oranges or kidney beans or whatever it is that you want, if they're not in season, maybe find something that is in season and then you should be able to at least, one, get better quality because yeah. it's the time it should be being eaten. Yeah. But it usually is a lot lower in price. Well, I, 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 you know, I talk about it a lot. I go to Audi and they've got their Super Six in every week, and it's yeah. six things that are basically in season. Ready to go, yeah. Yeah, you know, or, or they're in season somewhere else now. So many of them, they, they've been imported in large numbers. But typically, it's stuff that you. Yeah. The problem I always have is that I look at it and go, well, green beans are on offer at 60p for a bag this year, this week. Yeah. At a time when I've got millions of green beans at home. Yeah. So it's not always that useful for me, but for other people it might be. So if you're not growing lots of vegetables of your own, then definitely. Well, well, one thing that's helped us certainly enormously to reduce our costs is to sit down on a Sunday and plan our weekly meals and yep. then to do our shopping according to that. And I don't go in the shop, as you know. Do it online, don't you? I have my shopping yeah. delivered and I shop with Tesco. But they deliver, and because we have it on a Wednesday, Thursday, mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's £3 mm. the delivery. Which is nothing, is it? No, that's crazy. No, no. I could. That, it cost me more to go there than that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about it last time, didn't we? Yeah, but it also means though that I don't get into those impulse buys and things like that. So mm. that's that probably saves us quite a lot of money. Definitely, and I talked before, didn't I, about taking anyone with me? It cost me an extra twenty quid every yeah, time. Every time. each person's an extra twenty quid. Yeah. Um, but so going back to to cooking with those things that you bought, um, we use a lot of chicken in my house. It's the main protein that we all eat animal protein oil anyway yeah. um, and so I talked before about buying old chickens and portioning them yourselves but then using the carcass to make stock yeah. soups and stews and casseroles and then got by stock the only problem with that is that sometimes you you know if, if the hops go in perhaps that's not the most efficient so mm. can you get the stock in the oven maybe do the stock in the oven things like that it's certainly worth considering um, I like to cook for leftovers okay. so I will always cook like I say lots more than I need and then the leftovers become tomorrow's lunch or the dinner for the, ne- the night you know, not the yeah. next tomorrow, but maybe the night after, yeah. or goes in the freezer for a later date. Um, eating less meat? I'm down with that. Yeah. It's expensive. What? Meat's meat? probably the most expensive thing in the basket, yeah, especially so now. It's going up I'd, and up, isn't it? I'd say dairy's getting up there. Yeah. Crazy. Man. Well, I don't do yeah. dairy really, don't oh, I say? It's unbelievable. Is it? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Someone was showing me in the co-op today. Mm. Went in the car. They go to supermarket sometimes in the morning and buy a few bits and then take them home. Yeah. So when I went into the, the fridge at work, there's a thing of anchor, anchor butter. Yeah. You know, like a tub. Yeah. A giant oh, I heard about that. Yeah. £4.75. Someone told me. £4.75. Anchor butter was like nine quid in Iceland or somewhere. And that's probably a double one, yeah. And, it, and, it, and you know, wow. I'm not saying that that's not what it's worth, but that probably was three or four pounds. And now it's a fiver, wow. and it's just showing you how the yeah, dairy yeah. cost is really increasing. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, so but we could all do a cut in a bit. Of dairy. Well, I was going to say, I'm doing it on the arm to cut those things. One, one, one thing that we eat a lot of, not 
so much in this in this in this summer we eat a lot of salad in my house, right? Mm-hmm. So and that becomes about those three things, you know, tomatoes, cucumber and lettuce and yeah. onion. Right. Yeah. So that that's we eat that probably every day nearly. Yeah. Right. In the winter that's replaced with we eat soup at least two or three times a week. Yep. And it will be also on a Sunday or a Monday mm-hmm. and it will be to to have no waste. Yep. So it's like vegetable soup, always a vegetable soup, but what's in it depends on what's left. Well, I, I exactly that. I used to go, I'll come home from the shopping in the winter, particularly. I'll go and get the shopping on a Saturday morning, I'll come home, get all the old vegetables and the scraps and the whatever's in the back there, and anything that's in reasonable nick goes in the soup and it ends up being a, like whatever you can find yeah. there, me. Yeah. Basically, and there's some odds and ends of bits of broken pasta and whatever. I was going to talk about resurrection pudding. Well, we, can we get can we save that? Because I've, I've got it down on my notes, mate. I've got it down on my... I want to know about this. And I was going to give you compost crumble in return, so we're, gonna, we're definitely going to get to that, right? Um, oh, no. <laughs> one thing I would say is pulses are your friend. Oh, yeah. Especially in a family, if you do like to eat meat, you know, we, and we do in my house, um, but what I'll tend to do now is I will bulk out so I might buy some minced beef or some minced turkey or both sometimes I've made some lovely chilies with both yeah. but then double the quantity with pulses with red lentils yeah. typically yeah and I do the same actually it's mm. funny that it's amazing and, there's and nothing... I also put mushrooms in mine yeah because yeah. if you chop the mushrooms down yeah people don't even know no, no. and I'll tell you what there's nothing that I've ever yet come across that doesn't taste better with red, red lentils in it yeah, I think right. chocolate cake might be the exception I would, yeah. but I've never tried it so right, you know, yeah. I'm going to have to go yeah um, I, we, we made uh, vegetable chilli wraps and they were great I wish I'd have done my own flatbread I didn't do it I yeah. must try and do some of that I want to learn how to make good flatbread and that's one of the things I've got in here actually is even if you don't make sourdough bread having a sourdough starter for your flatbreads is epic because mm. you can make sourdough flatbreads for pennies yeah and they are superior to anything you can buy. Yeah, oh yeah, they're amazing, aren't they? Oh, I made sourdough um, naan bread last Friday. We had a curry, made a curry. Sounds good. And I made sourdough naan bread with my homemade yogurt and yeah, sourdough starter and flour yeah. and a bit of salt. That's my one for the year, by the way. I want to do my yogurt. I've not Is done it? it yet. Okay. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get Just one like yours. Yogurt makers, yeah. a piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. definitely going to do one. Absolutely. I want one that makes the little jars. Oh, okay. I don't want one that makes the one big jar. I want one that makes oh, the little yeah. jars. That's what you've got in it. I've got the big jars, yeah, because I've got a one and a half no. litre jar that sits in the door of my fridge. That's right. where it is. Yeah, and, and it's, it's got yogurt in it all the time. Just make one of them every time. I make one of them about every week to ten days. Okay, right. and, and that just sits then. in the door of the fridge. And when it gets low, the last little bit gets made into the next, the next batch bit. of yogurt. That's what I need. And eventually, you have to some you know eventually sometimes you get a problem and then you have to start again. Yeah, you know, buy a new star culture, but. That's like 60p in the shop. Yeah, that's what I want to get one of those. That's amazing. So making your own yogurt, really good value. Um, I've got down on here, keeping well-stocked spice cupboard. And not to be afraid of spices and not to be afraid of garlic either. No. I remember when I was a kid, oh, one little clove of garlic put in there. Bang it. Smash it in. <laughs> you can't have too much in my opinion and probably for some people it'll be too, you know, too mm. powerful. But to my mind, plenty of garlic, lots of yeah. flavour. And it's not a bad time now, if you are growing anything in a garden, to cut it and hang it up. Yep. Because I've been doing that this this year. Mm-hmm. So I've got in my lemon balm. Yeah. Which I think is a bit underrated, your lemon balm. Mm-hmm. Not many people use it, I don't think, mm-hmm. anymore. So I've got in the lemon balm. I've got in a load of mint and dried that off. And I've got in a load of oregano and dried that off yep. at the moment. And then I will try and do, if I can, 
I've, I'm growing quite a bit of basil, but I don't mm. think I'll be able to do it. But I can. I tend to be able to get basil to go through the year on my windowsill anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, you usually can figure something out with that, can't you? With a bit of careful pruning when you use it. Mm. And that actually comes on to my next one, which is growing for gluts and preserving mm. them. Yeah. So like, you know, growing loads of tomatoes, growing loads of spuds, learning how to keep them. Oh, mate, store. I did make some pickled beetroot this weekend. Oh, did you? There you go, see? Yeah. And there was a lot of beetroot. Well, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of yeah. true. but it's, it's growing for those gluts making sure you've got you know, and, and learning those preservation techniques um, and don't ever throw away anything so don't throw away like bread like the ends of the bread right so there's always a crust in there yeah yeah. No. well no there is right even in my house there's always a crust and so there's never any no. bread left in my house ever oh, okay <laughs> ever no, my lot are funny about the crust oh. sometimes they love it and other times they're like oh Never, there's never not one bit of bread left in my house. Okay, but toast that into croutons, let it cool, and then blitz it up into breadcrumbs. Yeah. Chuck it in the freezer, and that, as we'll come on to in a minute, is going to become a staple in your kitchen. stale bread, sliced. Yeah, yeah. On a baking tray, olive oil, garlic, herb in yeah. the oven yeah. when you have pasta. Yeah, and you have like the. Oh. Yeah, a little bit of never ever ever throw any bread away. Oh, okay, okay, there you go. Uh, so crumbs, croutons, or. Crostini or whatever you're, oh. as you're making there, yeah? Um, you've kind of touched on it already, adapting recipes. So you've like, that recipe says I need courgettes. I haven't got courgettes, but I might have aubergine. Yeah, bang I'm going to swap that in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so similar kind of vegetables. Yeah. Uh, and I like to bulk out with vegetables a lot as well. Yeah, me too. So like with the pulses idea, I'll need, I've got loads of veg, use the veg, you know, make, make the meals go further. Uh, we like eating them, so that's all good. If you were someone who would not not everyone has grown up in a house where scratch cooking is normal thing, and and and, it, and quite often it's not it's not about it's not about quality of food that you've had. I've had recent experience of meeting a family where the mum's always done all the cooking. Okay, yeah, no one else got a chance. And the lads have now left home. Yeah, and they don't know how to cook. They don't know yeah. how to make anything. Yeah. They need five or six really good staple recipes, yeah. which they can. They're my five, yeah? yeah. And sometimes I think that's quite daunting because yeah. when you when you watch someone on telly or whatever you, mm. there can be a big list of ingredients you don't know when to buy them or how to buy them, or, and, and then there's a lot of terminology mm. and things like that. So where would you start if you were cooking? If yeah. you were learning how to cook, where would you start yourself? Can you think of a book or maybe a YouTube channel or something really simple? Because I know I can. Yeah, um, you're going to be River Cottage, is it? Or you got no, to... no, mine probably be Delia. Oh, Delia, okay. Only because that's what I know. Yeah. And that's what I did yeah. when I when I moved out of home. I got literally yeah. Delia's all-in-one cookery course, which is like, right. Yeah, yeah. This is... That's a boiling egg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you can still go online and, and, and watch those episodes. Yeah. And it's done without any kind of con- condescension. It's, it's yeah. just really, really basic. <clears throat> this is how you cook. <clears throat> I think that maybe we take that for granted sometimes. I definitely do because I would I wouldn't even begin to think about that when you said where would you start? Where would you start? I know what I'd do. I know what I would do, and 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 it would be something very simple. I would probably start with a spaghetti bolognese. Something I go more simple than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I think that um, the spaghetti bolognese everyone knows that meal. Most people will probably like to eat that meal, right? Yeah. But for me, that is. You've but got, I don't know if anyone knows that. I don't know. 
there's a big difference, isn't there, between getting a jar of tomato sauce yeah. and pouring that over mince yeah. and then having the pasta in the other pan. Yeah. That, that's one. I'm talking about, no, fry the onions yeah. and the tomato and then do it that way. See, I think you can you can do that and end up with a not great product. I, I agree. Yeah. Particularly if you don't know what you're doing. And I think there's a few simple, easy wins. Oh, right? okay. Some really easy wins. What would you When you're going with the pasta. So there's a couple of things to say about pasta, which is that pasta, for every 100 grams of pasta, you need a litre of water. Yeah. And that water, when you put the pasta in, should be boiling. Yeah. And it should have been pre-salted. Yeah. Right? And then, so what you'll then get is good quality pasta. Yeah. And you're going to cook that then. Pasta, yeah. Yeah. You're going to cook that then to the... And it doesn't matter if you bought cheap pasta or expensive pasta no, at that no. point. If you cook it to the instructions on the packet, as long as the, well, you've got plenty of water. Yeah, you need a lot as well, don't you? You need 100, for every 100 grams of pasta, a litre of water, yeah. and it needs to be really, really boiling, like fast boiling. Yeah. And then when you put it in, you're going to turn it down so it's rolling boil, so it's just kind of bubbling, yeah? Uh, not like really fast bubbling, but gentle. And then you follow that instructions, and it's eight minutes, whatever it is, yeah. for dry pasta. Um, if you follow that instruction, you'll get good pasta, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then that you then can't go wrong with that, provided that when you when you drain it, you don't get rid of all the water. Yeah. You need to keep just a little bit of the water, a tablespoon or two of the water in the bottom, which will keep that pasta moist enough that it doesn't stick to itself, yeah. right? Get that bit right, you already well. you're laughing, yeah. yeah? Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say to you, get a good frying pan, get some bacon and some garlic mm. and some fresh tomatoes and some basil. Yeah, and that's it. Right, that's it. Fry your, put your, garlic, your bacon in first with a little bit of olive oil, mm. put your garlic in. As soon as the garlic starts to just turn golden, then you're going to put your tomatoes in. And they can be fresh tomatoes, they can be tinned tomatoes, don't matter. I'd say this time of year, go and buy a pint of tomatoes and just chop them up to chuck them in there. Yeah, be lovely. Yeah, right? A little bit of the pasta water. Yeah. And then right at the last second, put your basil in and then mix it all, all together. together. That'd be That's great. it. That'd be great. Right? That's going to be a really good dinner. Yeah. yeah. Well, Season it's your taste. You keep your yeah. pasta one. I'll, I'll, cool. I'll go back to my mince and I'll just do a cottage pie then. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty standard, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? And, yeah. and you know, um, just with mince meat and onions. So do your onions and then get them out and then yeah. brown and put your mince in. Yeah. And you know, if you have to use gravy granules, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. You make your gravy up and pour yeah. it in, put that in the bomb, boil and mash your potatoes on yeah. the top and in the oven. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? it? Is. But it's a good cottage pie. Yeah, good I cottage pie, especially in the winter. I love a cottage Absolutely. pie, don't you? But yeah. that's somewhere where if you didn't want to eat meat, you could use lentils and mushrooms. Yeah. You could do a vegetable cottage pie, yeah. which I quite like. Um, but you know, it might even be before that. It might be learning how to do a jacket potato. It could be anything. Yeah. I honestly know these people who they, they've grown up in a fantastic house with yeah. a really good food. Yeah. But as soon as you come out of that, yeah, it suddenly is on you. And then if you're in a family, I think you can waste a lot of money. Waste a lot of money and a lot of time as well. Because I think the other thing about a lot of the the things that people will try to do is that they can take ages and people don't have time, right? Yeah. I think more and more people are struggling to find time to cook yeah. dinners. I know I am, and I like cooking, yeah. right? I really enjoy cooking. I still find it difficult to find the time to cook the meals. Yeah. And the, the, the nice thing about that recipe that I shared there is that it's a really basic recipe, but you can really like play with it. You know, if you want to chuck some, I some think you should do. There. I think you should do a post about that. Yeah, that'd be really good. All right, okay. Because I'll it out properly, all right. and then people could have a go. And I know that for the majority of people listening. They would know how to do that. Yeah, I think they would. But yeah. there are other people I know yeah. who are listening yeah. who don't know how to do it. Yeah, and, and the thing with that, you literally can play with it. You chuck your, ch yeah. your chilli and chuck your courgettes in, put some beans in. That's a recipe that I put bolotti beans in all the time. Yeah. Uh, and you can really play around with it and just have a variety of variation yeah. on that thing. And you know, sometimes I might put passata in because that's what I've got. Sometimes I've got fresh tomatoes. Sometimes yeah. I've only got a tin of tomatoes and that's what yeah. goes in. 
Which is more often. Sometimes I've got basil, so I use thyme. Yeah. You know, it's just that's a really good, flexible oh, recipe right. that will just bend to whatever you've got available to you. Um, and that's actually is a real staple in the house. We call it bacon and bean pasta. It tends to be bacon and beans mm. pasta, and then you know a bit of salad. Whereas we don't eat that in my house. No, weird, isn't it? It is, yeah. Just yeah. what you what you've come yeah. up on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We we often eat just tomato and herb yeah. sauce yeah. on our pasta yeah. with cheese and a salad. That would that that's yeah. more our basic. But thing. mate, if you went back to the the pasta and you got a jar of good quality pesto, yeah, or even cheap pesto, yeah. And then put that in it with a bit of extra parmesan. On the Lovely. Side. That's going to be a tasty dinner. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Now and full you, of peas. And yeah. Really, really. Yeah. yeah. So now, if you can make your own pesto, that takes it to the next level. Make your own pasta. Make your own pasta. <laughs> yeah, it takes it to another level. But it's a really good. I mean, a pesto pasta is a really cheap dinner. Really cheap dinner. It is, isn't it? And, yeah. uh, and a tasty I, dinner. I, I have a bit of trouble with pesto because of the nuts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but pine nuts are not the same as normal nuts. I can eat pine nuts, but. Right. The majority of pesto in this country is made with cashew nuts. Cashews. Loads of them in it. Right. Okay. So, but to be honest with you, just make me own. Well, it's just yeah. smash up some, you know, basil and yeah. garlic and a bit of olive oil. I just do it that yes. cheap way. Yeah. But so okay. maybe maybe we could ask people out there as well because you know people have started to interact more. The yeah, it's been really nice. Actually. Maybe people could think of perhaps their budget busting recipes, right. which are simple. <laughs> So rather, you know, not a list of ingredients as long as you're on, yeah. maybe something that, maybe it's, maybe it's something your parents used to cook or your grandparents used to cook, yeah. or maybe you came up with it, yeah. but let's think of some real good budget busted okay. recipes right. and let's share them. Because right. even that cottage pie is going to cost you a bit, I have to say. Well, right, the mince is going to cost mince, you four or five quid straight away. Yeah, yeah. Or, but if I go half mince, half mushrooms, yeah. I'm going to knock about two quid off of that yeah. straight away. So yeah. I'll have a think of one. Maybe you have a think of yeah, one. All right. Keep it to not too many ingredients all and right. nothing too I'll flashy. And also, and also the process. Let's okay. get it simple. So get the recipes out. So let's, let's just... I'm going to do it in chips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's run through a few other things though, right? Because I, I know we mentioned soups. And soups are a great way of using up. Yeah, they're well, ingredients. And they're really got. great for you as well. And the other thing is you can make like with, a, with, a, with a, an onion, a garlic, a bulb of garlic, a couple, couple of cloves of garlic maybe a chilli and a bag of frozen sweet corn. Mm. I can make you a banging sweet corn soup. I can make you a soup without the sweet corn, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. I, I, I like French onion soup. Okay, there you go, with just some onions, yeah? Yeah, you do need a good stock though. Yeah. But, yeah. but not, not, okay, not that's not expensive though, is it? You're going to use the ends, odds and ends of your, your, whatever yeah. you've got, aren't you? Yeah, yeah The leftovers from your roast dinner. I love onions. And I'll tell you what I like doing sometimes, is if I've roasted some vegetables and they've left over from dinner, like roast potatoes yeah, or roast yeah, squash yeah. or whatever, Whack that in with a load of stock, that becomes yeah, a soup. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so talking about cooking for leftovers, you finding That's just like adult baby food. It is, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah it is. A bush yeah, yeah, it is. But, but I'll tell you what, with a bit of stuff, I mean, when I'm, you come in from the pub out and you're bad and you can't be bothered to chew, <laughs> yeah. you, just get, you just get Alan's big bowl of baby That's food it, out and just sit there and have a roast dinner. When you only one of those little bits with a little tray, though, yeah, because by that time of night, I'm not going to get it all in my mouth. But no, I was thinking like more if you've done a tray of roasted veg, like you've done yeah. butternut squashes and you've done onions and courgettes and whatever you might do to go with something else. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's a really good one. One thing I did, didn't mention earlier that I would say is that if you're gonna if you are gonna eat meat, rather than having steaks and having a portion of meat like a meat and two veg, yeah, you can make the meat go a lot further by having it as part of the sauce. Yeah. So like your your bolognese is a much better way of being yeah. more economical with yeah. your meat than having a bit of 
Paul Charles Paul Washington, Washington, yeah. Alright, yeah, that's totally something to say. Um, come on then, tell me about Resurrection Pudding, man. Come on, what's this? Alright, so this is not me. This was from my, I'm going to try and work out the relationship. She would have been my stepmother-in-law. Am I going to be weirded out by this? Yeah, she grew up yeah. uh, in Zimbabwe. Okay. Right. She went to an English school in Zimbabwe. Oh. So it was a very strange mix of real upper-class Englishness, mm -hmm. but literally lions outside, yeah. snakes in the grounds and everything like that. And it was run by nuns, right? So every Saturday they had resurrection pudding, right? And all it was, was all of the scrapings of all of the puddings for the whole week got put into a big dish. So you name whatever you'd had. So trifle, anywhere, jelly or not. And by Friday, it was all full up of all of the puddings from the week. Right? So this isn't the leftovers out of people's bowls. This is like, yeah, no, oh, yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. everything. Right. Jelly and ice cream, in it goes, right, blush. And then they would cover the top with a crumble mix and then put it in the oven. So then it was resurrected, really. Got it again, <laughs> right? It was just, right? So then, so then when you went up to the serving hatch, they would give you a, they dish it up in your bowl but you never knew, it was like Russian roulette. You never knew what you would get in your resurrection pudding. You might get a bit of Swiss roll. You might get meringues. You might get pineapple upside down cake. You might get trifle. You might get four day old bit of cream and something in there. You never, oh, that sounds that's grim. Res well, I'm gonna raise you, right? And it's on a very similar theme, but this is compost crumble, yeah, right? And, and this is not nearly so disgusting and oh, slightly grim as that, okay. right? This is literally, at the end of the week, I'll go through the fruit bowl, yeah. and whatever's in the fruit bowl that's starting to get past its best, into a gets put in the oven with a little bit of sugar, and a bit, typically there's a couple of oranges that are starting to look a bit you know, wrinkly or whatever. Orange juice, goes that goes over, gets all squeezed out, goes in it. Bits of like apple, pear, whatever you've got sitting in there, just goes in a bowl in the oven, stew that up in the oven, and then put crumble topping on it. Yeah, lovely. And that, I mean, every time, amazing. Every, my kids love that, absolutely love it. Yeah, we, 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 we have that. a lot of crumble. Yeah. We have a lot of crumble in our house. But it's the bits that would go in the compost bin otherwise, and it just goes in there and it gets in there. You, you need a son like mine, mate. Oh, really? That boy eats fruit, I tell you. Oh. If, if, there's, if there was 20 bits of fruit in the fruit bowl, and I said, I need the fruit bowl, he'd go, I'll do that. <laughs> you just eat all straight away. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, is that all right? He, he would do it. Yeah. He would do it. Wow. I'd say he's about nine bits of fruit a day. So wow. ridiculous. So we never have it. We, ne we never get to compost crumble. <laughs> ever, ever. It's like literally, my shopping always comes on a Tuesday. So yeah. on a Monday night, when we're doing the dinners for the when we're doing the lunches yeah. for the Tuesday, there's mm -hmm. five bits of fruit left really? for the, for everyone's lunch. Yeah. That's it. So well, we, ne we never, never ever fruit. We never Especially ever apples. Have no, I've always got loads of apples left over because I buy far too many. I really like to eat them, I'll eat two or three a day. Yeah. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, and so, but there's typically always a few more than we ever need. Because yeah. yeah. I just always tend to overbuy things. Apples like are a funny thing though, aren't they? And the, you know, going back to where this all started, price of apples obviously fluctuates. Yeah. So eating apples, you know, kind of this time of the year is yeah. the most expensive time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you're paying probably two quid for six apples nearly. Oh, I'm not paying anything like that, mate. Yeah, that's no, right. I've got a bit smarter with this, where I shop and how I shop and all that. Um, so I can get, depending where you go, Morrison's do a nice big bag for £2.25. And you'll get, I don't know what's in there, maybe a dozen apples perhaps. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and Audi obviously do their half dozen apples in, in little, well, in a 
don't like the plastic bags that come in much, but um, you can usually get those for, depending on the variety, maybe 90p to a pound. And they're not always the biggest apples, but I'm not worried about that. When we get our shopping delivery from Tesco's, obviously we're not buying those nice trade-up six no. pink ladies, no. which are the, £2.50 or whatever it is. Yeah. Six, yeah. yeah. But sometimes you haven't got the choice, have you? No. And more and more, I'm noticing that when you go into the shop, if you do, you really haven't got the choice. Yeah. You know, so my local supermarket is always empty. empty. Well, I, I go first thing so in the morning. So many lines out. Because yeah. you can't get it, mate. It's no, not, they're, it's they're not sold out. They can't get it. They're struggling, but they, you know, I mean, like, I noticed that I tend to go on a Saturday morning first thing, like 8 o'clock, as I open, I go in, right, or half past 8 in the morning. But I went the other week at lunchtime. It was literally like locusts have been through. Yeah. So, and I ended up having to go again somewhere else because it had all been cleared out. Yeah, so, well, so yeah. you know, um, just being a bit smart with your shop. So, going back to recipes, I've got a couple of others I wanted to share. Um, pan gratata, I think I mentioned it before. Mm. That's the breadcrumb thing. So, that is literally you're going to take your crumb that you've made from your leftover bits of bread that you haven't got. I'll lend you some. All right. And then you're going <laughs> to fry some. I'm never going to have pan gratata in my house. <laughs> fry some garlic. Right. I've been out and bought some breadcrumbs, darling. <laughs> don't what? Do, like, don't, whatever you do, don't do this with the panko breadcrumbs, right? Oh, Make your own. And ideally, don't do it with like sliced white bread. No. Do it with a decent bit of bread. But if you've got a bit of leftover sourdough, which I normally have, blitz that up into breadcrumbs. Fry that with some garlic in a pan, a bit of olive oil. And then you, you can flavour that. And again, you can play with that. But I really like lemon zest. I really like herbs in there. Typically, fresh thyme's really good in there. And then you're going to fry that until it kind of goes golden. Mm. And then sprinkle that over your pasta. So the pasta recipe I gave you before, sprinkle that over there and it picks up all this juice from the tomatoes mm. and it kind of thickens and it, oh, it's so good. Really cheap, really simple and it just makes a dinner. Um, what other, you got any other budget busting ones off the top of your head? Well, this bud, you can't go wrong, I suppose. We, yeah, I mean, it's very seasonal in my house. So yeah. we eat a lot of jacket potatoes in the winter. We eat a lot of salad in the summer, yeah, and we bulk up on that probably. But we yeah. have jacket and salads quite often. Yeah. Um, we've been eating a lot of um, beetroot and feta salad at the moment. So oh, I'm yeah. a recipe. Oh, I saw you put a recipe up for that today. That sounds lovely. It's really nice. That yeah. came from a Ukrainian lady who I've met over the oh. last couple of months, and yeah. she's shared some of because obviously the you know from where from Ukraine and Russia and things that like, they eat beetroot in different ways. So I said. Cooks more, it's much more integral mm. as an ingredient, whereas mm. we tend to have it boiled, don't we? Or, yeah. or, or, or roasted in the oven, yeah, maybe yeah. if you're feeling. So she gave me that recipe, and it's amazing. I'll get the actual recipe and put it on. Yeah. So I've been enjoying using that, and also because I've got a glut of beetroot, so I'm oh, yeah. trying to do these different things with them. Well, that, um, that, that actually is, is, the bottom, is the bottom line of this it's, it's about what ingredients you've got, isn't it? Yeah. If you've got lots of something, then that's the cheapest thing you've got, right? If you've grown a glut of something, use it up. Don't waste it. Yeah. That's the cheapest way of eating altogether. Um, I think the thing that we've done, and by no means we were ever, um, you know, really flush at eating out, but where we would used to eat out, mm. we're, we're trying to do more at home. Mm. So, because we can't really afford to go. And it, the markup on food is incredible. Yeah. Right? But my family still love it if we make pizzas at home, mm. right? And, it, and, it, and I mean, it's pence, in it? Mm. It's pence. From what you would pay in a shop for what you're making yeah and i know that on a friday night in my house if i've got some dough ready already mm. and then i do all of the little toppings in bowls yeah they think that is the best yeah. thing and i still love doing that yeah. 
you know, at age nearly 50, yeah. to go and then like, oh, what'll I have today? And yeah. some ham and some mushrooms and pineapple, I know it splits opinion. Oh, a bit of cheese, no. obviously fresh tomatoes cut, some yeah. mozzarella if you want. And you just put them all in little bowls and everyone makes their own little pizza, puts their topping on, puts it in the oven. That, for us, that's an amazing thing to do. Kids love doing that yeah. as well, don't they? Yeah. And making your own little base and putting your cheese on. So that's a good we're, we're, we're trying to do more things like that. We don't we, we don't eat out a lot. Mm. Um, but for us to eat out as a family of five now suddenly becomes, what, 120 quid? Well, they're all eating adult mains, aren't oh. they, now? Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and a drink on this £120 yeah. easy. So one thing that we do do is we save our Tesco vouchers. Okay. Club card vouchers. Yeah. And we always spend them on eating out. Yeah. Because sometimes we want to eat out. Yeah. And we get that for, we, we can all eat out for 20 quid. Right. Okay. In Pizza Express or yeah. Pizza, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we save them for them. But trying to do the things like the wraps, chicken wraps always feels like we're going out freaking bad or yeah. whatever. Or, you know, or doing, don't tend to cook quite as many curries, but I do like cooking curries from scratch. That's why I do the curry, because I'll do two or three dishes That's it, yeah. and a naan bread, and it feels like you're having a takeaway. Yeah. Like, well, you are, and it's better for yeah, it's it? way better than the takeaway. So yeah. we, uh, me and my wife like curries, and we'll often do that. Vegetable curries. Just a lot of work. Kind of thing, doing the curry. Yeah, like I don't mind it on a Saturday, though. It's no. a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do own a chip pan. Okay. I do own an old school chip pan, mate. And, yeah, you can do them in the oven, but... Sometimes it's nice to cut your own chips, fry them, and have them with my missus shallow fries and meat. Oh. oh, I'm afraid I've got a basket to do. Well, even still, it does the same job, doesn't it? But yeah. my shallow, shallow fried trip chips are something a legend in our house, which is and that's why we don't have them. Yeah. Might have them twice a month or yeah, once. Don't come out very often. When they do, everyone's like, oh, so. And man. quite often it will be egg and chips in my house and baked beans if you want them or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, if I've been fishing, I've got some white fish, I can do some goujons or something like that. Yeah. And everybody loves that. Yeah. Uh, it's not a beginner's thing, cooking chips, though, because no. of the danger of the yeah. chip pan. Yeah. Although the old-fashioned the old chip pans with the thermostats in them are a little bit safer, aren't they? Yeah, the air fryers that people are using now are really good. Yeah. Yeah, we got offered one. I don't know if we'll take it or not. I don't know if we'll use it. Space, but, isn't it? But, 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 the, but the other thing, that, the other thing which, the, which we do probably more than chips in my house is wedges. Yeah. Where you basically cut chips, mm. put them in a baking tray, mm. oil, salt, mm. in the oven, 45 minutes, mm. and they come out great. We tend to have them if we're having burgers, homemade burgers. Mm. We eat a lot, but we eat homemade burgers every week now. Oh, I do. Especially yeah. the venison meats, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we have. And, you know, we can make the little backs up when you're doing mm. your boss and put yeah. in the freezer, but all the kids love them. And I've got a vegetarian daughter, so she just has halloumi and hers. Yeah. And everybody loves them. Adam tonight. Nice. Uh, nice. Great. I, I did like, have mine with cheese, bacon, and a quail egg in it, though. Oh, yeah. I've even got a picture. <laughs> a bit of beetroot in there goes well as well. I, didn't, no, I, I, I wasn't no. doing much shrubbery in there. There was a layer of lettuce and a layer, there was a layer of lettuce and a layer of cucumber, but <laughs> oh, that, was, that was as much as it was getting, I have to say. To I, I suppose on a similar theme, I've done the, the polpette that I've spoken about before, so and there's, there's variations on a theme there. Oh, nice little picture. Look at that. Look at that, mate. Oh, that would grace any Delia Smith book. I made that back, mate. Did you? Yeah. That is proper, isn't it? I'm going to get that up. And a little quail on the top, it's like. Um, But yeah, so the polpette, which is kind of like meatless meatballs, which you can do with a whole variety of different things. So going back to your breadcrumbs, you know, you can do it with grated courgette, you can do it with white beans, a bit of cheese in there. Yeah. You can do it with herbs, you can do it with lemon zest, you know. um, But you can then also take a variation on the falafel theme as well. So you can do that with obviously cooking up some chickpeas and then blitzing them down. 
Yeah. And then you could do that maybe with your beetroot, going back to that one, and spices and things like that. Um, but those kind of things that, you know, for me, the, the polpette is great because I can make like little meatballs out of them. And okay. pasta. I'd like to try yeah. that, yeah. Uh, they're not meat them, they're, they're meat-free, but you, yeah, they, they're similar to meatballs, put them on your pasta. Or you can make a big old one and put it in a burger, and oh, it's right. really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so is it is it down the falafel route? It's not down the falafel route. The one that I tend to do most is using, um, there's two, actually. One uses courgettes, one uses spinach. I definitely need a courgette one. So the courgette one is, you grate the courgettes up, and you put them in a colander with a load of sugar and leave them for an hour, a salt rather, and leave them for an hour, let the water come out. Purge. Purge. And then purge it, and then drain it out through your tea towel or whatever. I just tend to squeeze it, to be honest with you. But then that goes in a bowl with some breadcrumb, a little bit of minced garlic, mm. and then some lemon zest, Maybe some lemon juice, an egg, some cheese. I like feta in there with mine because I can eat feta typically because, you know, that tends to be maybe goat's milk or sheep's milk rather. Um, and then maybe some mint. Yeah, but there's that thing. Once you've got that courgette breadcrumb, you can play with that. You do what you like. Yeah, these breadcrumbs, I'll have to no, work out. You're going to have to work on that, yeah. Because once you've got that, you've got the courgette breadcrumb egg. That's going to stick together. Yeah. And that's going to taste all right. But then you can just like, what flavour? I'm going to put spider on and do some ground coriander today. Fancy putting some curry seasoning in there. We're gonna go down yeah, the curry. I'm room. definitely gonna try yeah. them because we would eat those, and I think we'd all eat them as well. And it'd be nice to try yeah. those. And that, that can go then in a bun, or if I make little ones like golf ball size, then I'll put them on the side when we're doing the pasta. Mm. So you can then just have pasta with cheese or pasta with pasta. I'd, and I'd, some of those. I'd have them in a wrap, mate. I'd have them in a wrap. Yeah, That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's sauce. what I do with the the falafel. Make the falafel up, and then have wraps or pitters. Yeah. Bit of a shredded cabbage, mate. That is genius. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Just. Like you do with the salt and the lemon juice and a little bit of oil. I tend to leave the oil out to be honest with you. Just go with the salt and lemon juice. But that, and then I will often will grate beetroot with that or grate carrot with that. Um, and you can have some lettuce, make a bit of mayonnaise or hummus. I'm a killer killer for a raw onion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if you're going to have a kebab, you've got to have that stinky breath going down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like shredding that and doing the same, giving that the same treatment as I give the cabbage. Yeah, definitely. And then just leave it for an hour and it's tea. What's better the next day? Than it is on the day you make it as well. I'll um, definitely be there with that. Oh, you put that recipe up. So put that one up as well. There's a few recipes to go out there, so hopefully that's useful. Um, I think side dishes elevate, so things like salsas, learning to make a good salsa is really good. And sweet corn salsa is well cheap. Onion marmalade. Yeah. Chili jams, those yeah, kinds of I like all of those. And they do make a difference later down the line, don't they? With, you know, crab apple jelly and those things which are not just sweet, they're for other, you know what I mean? Yeah, ingredients as well as like a condiment. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, I like that. That's really good. Uh, I love griddled, like griddled veg or roasted veg. Oh man, we have that a lot. Yeah, that's that's that when, I, when I when I do the falafels. That's when I like got my mandolin out and do long strips yeah. of courgette. Lovely. Put them oh, on a griddle pan. Oh, amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just about those little things that when I think about trying to eat well for less, I tend to go rather than I'm going to buy cheaper ingredients. Yeah. I tend that I'm going to make a really nice side that's yeah. going to elevate whatever I've got. Yeah, definitely. Whatever I've got might be really basic. Um, and then I've got Danny Plates' strength. Scrambled eggs on sourdough toast is pretty good and could be free, pretty much. Um, for me, it would be poached eggs. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, me as well. On, yeah. on no need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poached eggs on sourdough for me, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just wish I could grow coffee. I just wish I could grow <laughs> coffee. <laughs> In that, you must be able to in that polytunnel of yours. I probably could, couldn't I? I reckon. It needs to be a bit steamy. I think just a little corner, maybe. <laughs> just try out next year. See what happens. Imagine it. Must be possible, surely. Surely possible. 
Um, but yeah, I think there's there's some ideas there anyway, and I definitely will get some of those recipes out there for people. Definitely. It's definitely about bulking out. It's definitely about finding tasty things that you like. There's no good us telling you things if you don't like them anyway. Um, you know, no use to you, but no, find them so, ones work for you. But but also trying things, you know, and I you know, I think having a few pots of herbs out outside your back door makes a big difference to your cooking. It does for me. When I when I'm bothered enough, that's what elevates my cooking. Yeah. You know, going out and have, you know, carrots and peas and potatoes. Yeah. But carrots with thyme, yeah. peas with a bit of mint, yeah. and potatoes with butter and salt. Yeah, rosemary. Suddenly, yeah. suddenly it's a different thing altogether. So, yeah, and, and I think along that same line, having a good spice cover. So I would never buy supermarket spices. I always go to a specialist supplier for supermarket spices. So I buy them in bulk, well, bulk, like 400 gram jars rather than 65 gram yeah, jars. I, I still buy small. Yeah. But I read that unless you're using them constantly, they can go off very quickly. Well, and that's why you, constantly, yeah, so you know, I don't, I don't tend to get through them as quick as you. I've got a few that, that sit in the back of the cupboard that don't come out very often. Juniper. Like, yeah, no, juniper berries. Uh, almost spice berries, not juniper. But, um, no, juniper goes with venison very well. Does it? Oh, okay, yeah. But you only need about five in each. No, probably a jar of them. But no, I do tend to like, blast through them pretty, oh, pretty really? quick. Yeah, well, because... Again, I'm not afraid of like it says a teaspoon of spice. Yeah. I'm not measuring that. I'm just gonna chuck some in until I feel it's about right. Yeah. And that is again about taste. And I do like big bold flavours and I do like, you know, as we've talked about before, team tasty. Yeah. Um so I want it to, you know, taste of something rather yeah. than yeah. not be meat and two veg. Yeah. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. I like meat and two veg occasionally, but um but yeah, so Having that spice cover, I think, is really key, and then just being creative with the ingredients you've got as well is, is another really important thing. If, if you've got lots of something, find ways to use it up. Yeah, well, this is going to be the great courgette challenge. I think next, I think next episode, we should try and do ten ideas for courgettes because I've already got hundreds. I'm going to say I don't, I don't want to go more than ten. I want to be much of a challenge. Maybe ten ones that people haven't done before. <laughs> And I'm doing the bread and butter pickle recipe because that oh. technically is mine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you can have that one. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Mate, I could I could eat like two or three courgettes a day just oh, griddled. I think I am. Oh, I love them griddled. Yeah. I love them griddled like that. But it'd be nice to find some ways for people to help them out, wouldn't it? Yeah. With the, with some recipes of dealing with those gluts. Oh, which, especially if you've got a family and if you know that you're just going to steam them and put them on the side of the plate. And, kids and then the kids are going to eat them and they're looking at the chickens or in the compost or in the bin or whatever, yeah. Yeah, good. so let's find some nice, nice oh. ideas. Oh. Five each. That's certainly a, a challenge that I face because my wife and I are quite adventurous with our food, but our kids really are not. Really? Neve's getting better. Little one, she's getting better, and she. They will. They, they, to be fair to them both, they will try everything. Right. But they always like you know they kind of like put it on their lip and go, oh, I don't like that, and that's that as far as it goes, right? Typically. So it is, a, it is a challenge that we face all the time of trying to get them to, you know, yeah, we can put a, you know, a bit of sausage or whatever on a plate with some carbohydrates and vegetables and they'll, yeah. eat, they'll eat reasonably well. But yeah. you start mixing it up and it gets more difficult, which is where that um, bacon pasta one comes in quite well because that's starting to be one that we will all yeah, get together. Yeah, that's got, you can slightly, you can slip things in there. Well, I can start to, yeah, start to hide, yeah. They'll tell me that I've done the recipe different. Courgettes. They'll know, they'll, they'll know they're not dark. They'll pick me up. Courgette crumbles. Yeah. Courgette and cheese crumble would be quite a nice thing actually. I reckon you could do that. I've not had courgettes on the pizza ever. But you could get them in a tomato sauce. 
You'd need, you'd need to get the water out of them because otherwise they make the dough all wet, wouldn't they? Yeah, but you would do to the cook purge. Them first, do the purge. Purge them, cook them, and then put them on it. That would work. Yeah, or you could blend them with your sauce. Yeah, that would be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or you could do something else. I don't know. Well, is that is that Jamie uh, seven veg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pasta sauce recipe. Which what would happen if you dusted it, just deep fried them? <laughs> Well, uh, I've shredded them. I've got just deep fried Have you ever made pakoras? Yeah, I love pakora. You I can love making pakoras, right? You could do I that. I've done that for years, though. No, oh, mate, so good. And um, the other talk about food for an hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you need to go into February. Just a couple know? of fat blokes yeah. sitting in a room yeah. talking about grub. Yeah. I don't know about you, but well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go and munch my way through at least two days worth of food. Yeah, keep out on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you, like the, the whole stuffed courgette flour idea as well, especially if you've got lots of lots of courgettes and you can afford yeah. to use some of the young ones up like that, with the yeah. flour still on the end of the fruit, and then fill that with cream cheese or whatever kind of affair you want to do, and whack that in the deep fryer. That sounds pretty tasty to me. Um, that certainly can be done. Well, I'm going to be I'm going to be exploring this. Anyway, we're going to go and get kebab now. Yeah, so right. <laughs> we should call it there. But definitely next time, then we'll come back and we'll do some recipes for gluts. We'll yeah. take, some of those, take some of those things that we are inundated with. Absolutely. And we'll go, right, how are we going to use these up, yeah? And some of that will be preserving, but some of that will be cooking for eating fresh, all right? Definitely. Right, we better call it there because it's getting late and we've been chatting for ages and people probably fed up listening to us. Well, they're hungry. They're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you very much for listening. I hope that's been, uh, been useful and interesting and you've enjoyed listening to it. Apologies for the... Interruptions have been a few in this particular episode, so apologies for that. We'll try and stitch it together as best we can so it doesn't impact too much. Um, but that was episode eight, and we'll be back in a few weeks. If you've enjoyed it, please tell your friends about us. Please get on the Facebook group and share your recipes yeah. for budget busting. Budget busters. Uh, I'm sure you've got some really good ideas out there, things that your family really enjoy eating, and I look forward to seeing those. So please share that. Tell your friends about us where we are. You know, Let everyone know, whatever. Uh, like it and subscribe and all those good things and if you can get a review on there it'd be really great if you can review the podcast and let other people know about us that'd be really helpful and we will see you in two or three weeks time cheers bye 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 so thanks very much everyone for listening through to the end of another episode of uh, the Urban Amsterdam UK podcast if you've enjoyed what you're listening to please come and join us on our Facebook group uh, you can come find us on Urban Homestead in UK on Facebook. Uh, come and find us on Instagram and uh, all those other good places. Please tell your friends about us and uh, do come and listen again. Thank you. Bye-bye.